All right, guys, we're recording right now, so we are live. All right, yeah. Um, you'll notice, James, you're familiar with. Um, you're familiar with. Are you still familiar with the with the stats or any of that stuff? Kind of vaguely. Okay. Well, uh, basically, I think. Okay, we need to fill in your roles. I got a professor with a head oh, yeah, skill. No, that's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay, so actually, here's a pencil. You guys can. Yeah. You guys this not as bad as a okay. uh, professor in a wheelchair with a uh, grapple skill with with his <laughs> capable of reading uh, yeah, lines. A psychotherapist in in a wheelchair because he, he's missing a leg <laughs> with like a super high grapple skill because nice. he, he keeps himself in shape. Apparently. A professor in a wheelchair who has a student or who has a school for unusually <laughs> gifted. <laughs> All right. uh, yeah, in conclusion, that would be a huge call. Yeah. All right, so your idea rule, okay. uh, if you find your idea rule, is yeah. your intelligence times, times five. Okay, that's already filled in. Oh, okay, so you're good. The mythos is the only thing. Mythos, you have zero mythos. <coughs> okay. Um, James, you, is yours filled in? No, what's no? No is EDU, your education, times five. Okay. And then your luck is your power times five. Power times power. I think she has a low power. Her power isn't really. And and basically what the statistics represent, guys, just as a quick kind of refresh, strength measures muscle power of investigators, use it to judge how much they can lift, push, or pull, or how tightly they can cling to something. This characteristic is important in determining the damage investigators do in hand -hand combat. Because you'll see a damage bonus on your on your sheet. And that's what you'll add to your hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know, Cthulhu, COC, isn't really uh, combat-oriented because it's pretty real. Guns <coughs> kill quickly. Guns tend to kill you quite quite quickly. So, um, no flesh wounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, your con statistic is your constitution. Uh, measures health, vigor, vitality. Constitution also helps calculate how well your investigators resist drowning or suffocation. Poisons and diseases may directly challenge uh, investigator constitution. So your con is just, again, kind of like the ND, measure of your constitution. Are, um, they, excuse me, are they out of 18, like D&D? Um, no, basically, basically in, in Cthulhu, it's, uh, you get like, I think it's 3d6 plus a number. So, so the statistics that you're seeing on the on the page aren't necessarily D20 statistics, but but these characters I rolled them up pretty high, um, so. But we're still going with like for me to understand what this character is, it's still like 10 or 11 is average. Yeah, know? yeah, 10 or 11 is about average. So so you know anything above I would say in the 10 to 13 spectrum is 13 and above is obviously above average. Um, Size uh, that should be st18. Okay, yeah, uh, that's your size characteristic that determines your average height and weight. Um, see over something, hide under something. You'll notice that Angela Deacon there is a large woman. Go figure. <laughs> she's yes, like equal six, size with the ex soldier. Yeah, she's like six five. <laughs> I, but we won't. You don't have to play her. <laughs> very big handed woman. Yes, very large headed, large hands. Um, intelligence is again your intelligence is just like you know your D and D difficult concepts plans or inspired guesses have 
uh, lower chances to be derived. So, so what happens is in some situations, uh, you'll use a skill and I'll give you a multiple. I'll say intelligence times two to figure out how can I figure this out. So you'd roll that on a percentile dice. Okay, that number and lower yes means you succeed in doing that. And the more difficult the the more difficult the challenge, the lower multiplier I'll give you. Can you guys see these pictures of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the ones I've heard was like a con times five because it's being seasick on a big uh, yeah. cargo vessel. Okay. Uh, power okay. is your force of will, represents your your you know, your ability, uh, your mental toughness, I guess. Dexterity Self-explanatory. Appearance, your app. APP is your appearance. That measures how good-looking you are, how smooth, attractiveness, friendliness. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> What's your score? Nine. Oh, man. Do, well, you, if you read his bio, you'll see yeah, that he's, he's got some scars. He's got some issues. He's got some issues. <laughs> uh, EDU is your education. That, that determines your relative education level. Um, it can represent formal learning or informal learning. Uh, sometimes it can represent just a natural aptitude. Um, your sanity, obviously, is your grip on the world, how, how much of a grip on the world you have. Um, the idea rule, the luck rule, and the no rules are derived from those statistics. On the second page, and then if you look at the little boxes there, I think mm -hmm. I've, I've highlighted and underlined the, your relevant sanity points, your hit points, and your magic points. Um, we can, I can add some scrap paper. You guys can keep track of that stuff uh, as you lose it. Um, on the second page, you will see your skills. Now, your skills, I tweak some of your skills, like I've tweaked uh, Ben's skills today. Um, I tweaked some of Martin Martin Hellman's skills to give them a little bit more varied. You'll see kind of how they how they play. You know, you're more of the intelligent, you're more of the physical. Angela Deacon's kind of a mix between the two. She also has a skill too that that um, that the other guys don't have. She uh, I don't know if I listed it on the on the manual but I'll or on her character page, but I'll keep it in mind. She basically has, uh, she's a medium. If you've read the bio, which you probably haven't even had time to do that. No, I did. Okay. She has a dowsing rod. She has a dowsing rod. She's, she has, she's, she's a medium. She's the only one of you guys who has Cthulhu Mythos. I think she has 5% Cthulhu Mythos. So she has, oh, 10? Is it 10? Wow. I thought it was fun. Oh, fun. Good for you, right? James no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. That's why. See, James, I wanted you to have a few with us because you know what you're getting into. I mean, Jason knows too, but you you played before, so. But uh, the Cthulhu Mythos, you know, she she has she has touched those unnameable things. Just uh, just enough to get be curious about exactly. Them, Good. <laughs> Which is not a good idea. That's that's how it starts. You but don't every want to be around. yeah, <laughs> but let's I, I think communicate. Like yeah, that. Like, let's talk to you. <laughs> it couldn't possibly come out of the TV and shock the shit out of me. <laughs> um, but you'll not train it so we can ride it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where uh, this is the inside joke part, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, God, this is pissing me off because I I was thinking, man, I have this all set up, and now I'm going to block the little the little display here. But uh, 
Where was I going? Um, basically, yeah, she's touched the mythos. She has, she has kind of seen some things. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to read Martin's file there, Jason. Um, skimmed it. Okay. Yeah, military guy. Military guy. Uh, you know, has has been through some stuff in the war. Um, was discharged from the military for disobeying a direct command. I think striking an officer. Did I uh, firing that? on civilians. Okay. So <laughs> they, they <laughs> no, refusing to obey the order to fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, he in, in the the Filipino American War was a uh, very very brutal war. They fought the Americans fought a basically guerrilla campaign against <laughs> the Filipinos and and I mean just straight up massacred them. Um, very very brutal. This was. To give you some background on 1906, 1906 was kind of the height of American imperialism. The late, uh, the late 19th century, early 20th century was kind of the height of American imperialism. We were trying to establish an empire. We were just kind of getting our swagger as an industrial power. Um, very women's. Women's suffrage, women still didn't have the right to vote yet. Um, you know, very kind of rigid, stodgy time. Obviously, with Angela Deacon, she she was kind of a delgatante. You know, she a lot of women didn't have the same kind of jobs that men have. Uh, a lot of them were basically property of their husbands or fathers or whatever. Um, you know, men... You know, soldiers. Martin Hellman's dealing with his thing. He, he's a veteran. Uh, kind of, they didn't have things like PTSD then. There was no. There wasn't even combat fatigue. They just said you needed a vacation. You know, bad humors. Uh, uh, ben Strom is a professor, so he's kind of he's kind of he's very interested in the occult, uh, interested in the spiritualist movement. Um, but that kind of marginalizes him and kind of makes him a fringe figure in the academic circles because he's kind of publicly acknowledged the interest in these things. So, so his comrades and his peers consider him kind of a little nutso. He's out there. You know, yeah. He's a little out there. Even though he speaks <coughs> Japanese, even though uh, he is you know, a tenured professor, um, he's considered a little bit crazy. You guys... Angela Deacon and Ben Strom have a working relationship. Um, it's not romantic, but Angela Deacon's character, uh, James' character, Angela, feels kinship with uh, Todd's character, Ben, because they both share an interest in spiritualism, and, and she feels like you're the only one that she can talk to, because everybody else tends to look down on her. Um, or not look down on her, but she turns her nose up at people because she's a society. Group. He gets her. Yeah, he gets her. <laughs> uh, Martin Hellman met Ben Strom uh, through the spiritualist movement, and he kind of found a kindred spirit in in Ben. Um, he kind of has mentioned to Ben that you know he's kind of a drifter, kind of contractor, and Ben he offered me a job. Yes, Ben offered him a job. Um, I guess. Do you guys have any kind of questions about your characters? Again, Todd, um, Jason. Jason 
kind of gets all this stuff. He looks at this, you know, the skills. Yeah, Again, it's all I haven't actually. I've listened to the play. So for the rolling of skill, it would be the base plus the modifier. The base plus the modifier. So if you okay. take a look at your skill sheet, um, you'll see that you have a base <coughs> skill. You have a base chance, and then you have a modifier. So you'd add your base chance plus your modifier. Roll that. Roll under that percentage on, you know, uh, ten-sided, two-ten-sided dice, or a hundred-sided and a ten-sided. Um, some critical game mechanics are. Uh, an impale uh, with an edge weapon is an impale is kind of like a critical hit in in yeah. D and If you impale with a <coughs> oh, pistol or a rifle or some other gnarly weapon like that, you're going to do double damage. Uh, impale is usually a, I believe it's one fifth of your skill percentage. So let's just say statistically, if you had a 99 percentage in something, if you rolled a 19 or a 20 you would have impaled. That would have been a, a very, very good success. You hit a soft, really soft, squishy part of whoever you're trying to hit. Yes, you found um, the explode button. Exactly. A critical failure would be represented by uh, if you rolled all zeros. Or if you rolled a, on your 10-sided dice and your and your 100-sided dice, if you roll a 0, 0, 0, you rolled a 100. And, or, or a 9, 9, a 99. You've really screwed the pooch on that one. Something bad is going to happen. <coughs> if it's a skill check, um, if it's like a skill check, you really munson in that, whatever you are attempting to do. You know, like let's say you're trying to roll a dodge, you know, which is your dex times two. Um, if you roll a 99 or you roll a 100, you really screwed it up. I've not dodged at all. <laughs> yeah. You jumped into it. You jumped into it, yes. Because you're trying to get away from the unnameable thing beyond time and space, and you actually jump into its oh, maw. These are the people <laughs> running through the woods to trip on every exactly. single like limb the on the ground. The horror movie mechanic of running through the woods right. and you fall down. I got my hacky. Oh, no. I got I got lost here. Okay. I did have a question. The camera? I can't remember what camera it is. Uh, the the sure the sure shot or I think what yeah it's I, the, the the sure shot detective sure camera. shot detective camera basically what it looked like is it looked like a, a big ass box okay um, but is it the one where you have the you like ignite the flash well no no they they that the sure shot camera was the basically the advent of kind of like a Polaroid camera it was oh, right. self developing okay. you pulled out the plate. And it developed by itself. It was it was awesome. It was a great invention because you didn't have to have a dark room and all of that crap to develop. Okay. Okay. Um, and she's a photographer. She does a lot of spirit photography. Um, you guys have all you. I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and just say that uh, Martin Hellman has in, accompanied Angela and Ben in the past on investigations just to kind of be their backup. Just in case people started to say, "Hey, what are these nut jobs doing here?" You, know, you basically—I hate to use the term because it's such a modern term—but you basically security contractor. So I'm the muscle. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so let's let's just kind of jump into it, guys. Hang on a second. Oh, okay. Ben has broken his hands and both of his arms. Not yes. Currently? Not currently. Okay. In the past? <laughs> no, no, not currently. Um, the injuries that you sustained, you sustained while doing archaeological work. Because you are a geologist and an archaeologist, if you look at your skill sheet, yeah. you notice you have yeah. geology and archaeology, because I figured archaeology and geology kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, you, you have 
injured yourself in the past because the technology then was pretty crude. I mean, archaeology was kind of a burgeoning field then. It was probably in existence for the last what, 30 years, I think, when they first exited. Their first big archaeological dig was, or discovery, was the tomb of Tutankhamun, which was in the 1860s. Okay. <laughs> two, you know, yeah, 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 all right. So it stories about two robbers who've climbed into the pyramid. Yeah. They find their bones two thousand years later. This is the new science. Yes, is, yeah, yeah. You're like on the cutting edge. That's like you're on the cusp of the of of, of the scientific frontier. Okay. Um, there's some. I think there's, if you have some other things that you have a question about, you guys should have weapons here. We can look up ranges when it actually comes time. Maybe to shoot. I think uh, what I was going to give you the option. Uh, yeah, we'll give them the scenario, and, and okay. you, you may not have something now, but you'll get the opportunity to get something. Okay. Um, credit rating? Credit rating is just your, basically, how much money you have in the bank. <laughs> okay. Um, you have a pretty high credit rating because you are a professor in a yeah. fairly radical <coughs> new science that nobody's really... Understands. Yeah, they're kind of looking at you to take care. Hey, we got these shiny rocks and these weird ruins. Tell us more about this. So is this, well, this is basically the university sending them out to. Well, oh, as as a background, uh, I'll I'll get into that because I have the first scene is the prologue scene. Um, so the first the first scene we're going to do the just basically the prologue and that kind of gives you the background. Um, basically, what happened is six months ago. Your, your uh, comrade, Professor David Williams, vanished without a trace while investigating a, some strange occurrences in a tiny little Appalachian mountain village of uh, Blackstead, Virginia. Um, David Williams was a professor of antiquities archaeology at Boston University. You guys are all based out of New York. He was based out of New England. He formed uh, what was called the New England... Uh, occult Research Society. Inspired by your good buddy David, you formed the New York Occult Research Society. These occult research societies were relatively new phenomena in the early 20th century. They did exist, however, just like today, they were considered fringe, fringe organizations. Their scientific credibility, their um, professional credibility was called into question all of the time because people thought that you were nutty if you were out there. But we should have rings and handshakes. No, well, you, were, you guys are the nice guys. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> you guys, you know, basically you had been... That's after we see the monster. <laughs> you don't need rings and handshakes after right. we see the monster. Not shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> we just show each other our stumps. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> but, uh, basically, you know, you you were inspired by your buddy David. You guys were really good friends. You went to college together. Um, you both were fascinated by the same sorts of, you know, the occult, basically. So um, when he went missing, you know, you you telegraphed. Uh, you used a, a very very new invention called the telephone telewire, I believe is what it's called. And uh, you, you phoned the authorities in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is the closest major metropolitan area to Blackstead, uh, relayed a message from Blackstead, the local authorities there, saying that they searched the area, uh, they found 
David Williams uh, camp along you know with his team. A couple other investigators went with him. Uh, they couldn't find anything. They could they found his camp completely undisturbed, but they couldn't find any trace of the of the New England Occult Research Society. It was like they completely vanished. Um, so you're obviously upset, um, and Angela Deacon's obviously upset because Ben Strom's obviously upset, and Martin Hellman's like, okay, you know, he's kind of, you know, you guys don't haven't really talked to him yet about this. Um, David's wife did contact both of you guys. Professor Williams' wife did contact both of you guys. She requested that you uh, come out to her residence to. Uh, to David Williams, Professor Williams' residence, and go through his personal effects because you're a very close friend. Um, have we met? You, uh, you, yeah. You guys are all. You got. Have you guys? Did you guys? Have you met David Williams? No, I, yeah, have we met David? You guys have not. No. Um, but but Ben has. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you guys take the train to Boston. Um, you arrive at the Williams residence. Uh, you find. David's wife, very, very distraught, very upset. Um, obviously, you know, her husband's gone, and there are things like insurance and, you know, uh, things like that. So she's kind of in a tizzy right now. She really doesn't know what to do. Um, she's, you know, just desperately pleading with you guys, please, 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 please find my husband. You know, Ben, you, 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 you and him went to college. You, you were close. Please, please find my husband. Um, she, she does allow you to go through his records, um, and you guys do. You know, Angela kind of uh, reassures the wife, and they kind of do girly things. Tea, exactly. Uh, then you go through, you go through his records, and, and his his personal library is huge. It's massive, and it's filled with a lot of occult lore. Um, things that even you find strange. Um, one of the points of interest was he was had recently been studying uh, about a strange group, a subgroup in Appalachia called the Melungeon. And the, um, the Melungeon are this mysterious kind of racial subgroup because uh, at that time in history, a lot of these guys had eugenic theories about man and the superman. And, you know, race was a big thing back. Um, so you find these weird records, uh, basically um, legends surrounding these Melungeon people. The Melungeon are completely different uh, looking than the Scot-Irish uh, folk that, that populate the mountains of, of Appalachia. They're, they are dark haired, dark eyes, dark complexion. Um, they look like so they've been suspected, you find in this notes, they've been suspected as being Italian, Spanish, uh, uh, North African in descent. They look completely different than their neighbors. Um, so they're obviously, you find also in his notes, they're obviously regarded as strange. Um, give, me a, give me a no rule, Angela. Okay, well, you don't, you don't feel anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> like yay. Uh, you also, 
You also find in his correspondence something that's extremely strange, and I need you to make a sanity check for me. So roll okay, up. So I got oh, 98. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these are the bad, these are the supposed to be good dice. Roll, I've got some I got some extra ones here. Roll a D6 for me. And then divide whatever result by two. I don't like the math already. Right, so one well, point you lose one point of sanity. Okay. What's dis it's disturbing me? You find notes about something you find very loathsome, just on a, on a level that you can't really understand. It's called the Necronomicon. And this you, is you find something about the people that he was studying. Well, you find notes about the ne this book called the Necronomicon, a fabled grimoire of powerful and terrible rituals, spells. You find wild writings in David's journal about this Necronomicon. He had started to look into this. He had started to um, talk about the link, the myths of the local Melungeon people with the Necronomicon. Is it on a shelf somewhere? It, or anything? These are, the Necronomicon you don't find. You just find allusions to the Necronomicon in his notes. What disturbs you and what kind of repulses you is the fact that these notes look unlike anything that you've seen. Like his correspondence is very neat, very, you know, a, a, a sane person, but you know when you're really disturbed or mad or sad, you start scrawling. That's what you find, scrawling, when, when it comes... That he wrote? That he wrote when okay. he talks so about the Necronomicon. As well. Yeah, that's that's for you to that's assume. What I'm assuming. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, but it does disturb you. You feel kind of a loathing, you know. You're and because you rolled a, because it was a critical good. failure, you're like, whoa, this is this is so right, heavy. His, his wife is not going to find out about this. Okay. This is like a dirty secret. But since he's your close friend, friend, you're you're disturbed that he's disturbed. You can tell that he's disturbed. Yes, exactly. So so you don't want to mention anything to his wife about this. I don't want to upset her any more than she already is. Um, I'm going to see some of these guys later, but not in the house. That's uh, uh, just initial reaction. I, I mean, you know. Angela, do you want to do you want to try and do you want to talk to her about about maybe what? I know this is a little bit of metagaming here. Oh, I, yeah, but I, I don't know what exactly her medium type stuff can do. Well, it, I'll, I'll basically, it, it's kind of my discretion thing. I'll give you like a no roll every okay. now and then to kind of give you a feeling. Right now, you don't you don't get a feeling. You don't, your, your <clears throat> mediumship, the, the spirits aren't talking to you right now. You just kind of are like... I'm just going to try to calm her down and reassure her and we'll okay. go find her. Okay, so you, you, you know, she's very distraught. She's saying, please, please find my husband. You know, he, he, he was... He started acting crazy towards the end. He started, he started, he started talking about these Melungeon and and these 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 strange things that I, I didn't understand what he was talking about. And she actually okay, I would definitely press further on that. Okay, so <laughs> much, so in, when she offers this up and as you press, she says she recounts an event to you. Uh, just before he had left for Blacksmith with, uh, with the New York team, the New England Nicole Research Society's team. He woke up from his sleep. He was a very sound sleeper. David Williams was a man of logic, slept very well at night. He woke up in the middle of the night droning this weird poem in a very strange and guttural voice, kind of like, like this weird sort of sound that 
No man. Okay. Well, I would. Uh, what's everyone's character? Ah, uh, this is Martin. Ben. So I would definitely call Ben and Martin. Well, you can't get in touch with Martin because this is 1906. Oh, he's not there. He's so, not there. Well, he's he's, he's not there. I'm possible. I wouldn't have been had a reason to, to yeah. go to this meeting. He's metagaming right now. Okay. <laughs> well, I would definitely have uh, called. Oh, let's see. Have heavy stuff moved around? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then, then I'd be there. Oh, wait, just a minute. You know, let me let me get Ben. Don't want to hear this. Okay. So you go get Ben, um, and she she's just she's crying now, and she's just terrified, obviously, in recounting the story, but. So he, he recounted this poem, and this poem goes, In the mountains of madness, deep beneath the earth, the king who shall not be named waits and sleeps, sunken in the hidden sea of darkest, blackest honey. In the, that strange honey? Hali. H-A-L-I. Hali. In a, in a, like this really creepy, like, whoa, this isn't normal kind of voice. This is the first time he's done this? First time he's done this. As if maybe he was uh, channeling something? Give me a no roll. 35. 35. What's your, uh, what's your no stat? 75. 75. You, you get the distinct impression that something is strange. You don't know what, um, and, and and your Cthulhu Mythos, I mean, you can go ahead and try and if you want to go ahead and, and roll on the Cthulhu Mythos. That sounded like a dare. 20. <laughs> okay. You, yeah, with a what? Yeah, that's not very likely. No. You roll, you roll, I mean, you get the feeling that because you rolled a 20, you're pretty, uh, oh, napkins? Um, over there. Let me just check. See what we're doing. Okay. Um, I was going to do the paranoia check. I know, because the batteries, I'm like, because I, I need to get an AC adapter for it. I've got some batteries charging right now. But, uh, but um, because you rolled a 20, you know, you get this weird impression like this, this isn't, this may touch on something that maybe I haven't dealt with before. Okay. Um, but definitely in the realm of what you're interested in. Yeah, definitely, you, your interest is definitely peaked. Um, I'm trying to signal to him not, not to press her off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, so, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I was telling you about his his journals, you guys, you guys, you know, you continue to go through his journal, and you you find another strange after hearing this, you find another strange entry in his journal, and it, and and in the margin of one of his journals, again in that very strange kind of mad scrawl, you find. Uh, Little sentence that says there exclamation point. There is an unnamed there is the unnamed king who sleeps in a black bowl beneath the earth. In this really kind of scrawled you know in a black bowl? Yeah. There there beneath the earth is the unnamed king who sleeps in a, a black bowl beneath the earth. And it's very prominent, so it was like he wrote it out, he wanted you to know. What else is on that page? Where is he talking about as far as Notes on the Necronomicon and the Melungeon, local legends. Uh, okay, so I think there refers to where the Melungeons are based on what's on the page, or you can is give, there a location at all you, listed on the page? I would say give me a no roll. Okay. Wow, which... What uh, no, 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 39. 
Okay, 39, what's your uh, stat? Uh, 79. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're starting to kind of make the connection. You, you, you see, when you, when you look at these notes, they're not, it doesn't specifically refer to anything. It's just these kind of stream of consciousness ideas, these weird... Okay, which I wouldn't expect from this. From a, from, yeah, from a stodgy professor in 1906. You wouldn't expect this, these weird stream of consciousness death metal lyrics, you know? I mean, this isn't... Something who, wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, this isn't who this guy is. All right, I want to ask, talk to her, see if he was eating right, if he was feeling right, if uh, any kind of sickness, if he had okay. been drinking more. Or she, she does mention... We're, we're in prohibition, are we? No, 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 not yet. She does mention, as most gentlemen of the day are accustomed to, he did have a whiskey every night. She didn't notice him drinking any more than was usual. She did say that he was spending a lot of time in, in his study um, as of late. Um, you do go through, as you're going, you spend a couple days here in, in uh, New England and Boston, and as you go through his records, you do find a contract. Um, a contract issued, a contract drafted by a Mr. Bruce Isaacs of Knoxville, Tennessee. Lawyer for the Black's Deep Mining and Logging Venture. Uh, the contract reveals the the actual um, contact information for Mr. Isaacs, but not a whole lot else. Um, okay, so I, I got. I was thinking about something else. I missed that. For Black's Deep, what? Black's Deep Mining Corporation, basically, or the BMC. Is this a uh, coal area? No, well, you don't know. There's no other details right now. There's not. I mean, what I know offhand that is that, you, Blackstreet, Virginia. You've never heard of it. Okay. Never. You guys. You guys are New York Yankees. <laughs> have never heard of of Blackstreet. Uh, don't really have much knowledge of anything. You know, uh, south of the Bronx, <laughs> except for you. You've traveled around. New Jersey. Yeah, but but you've never you've never yeah New Jersey. You know you've never you've never been down south. If we're there for a couple of days, if there's time where we can get away from life, I want to bring Angela up, warn her that's a little disturbing, and show her at least this note about the there the black ball. Yeah, because that sounds like black steep to me. So that's I mean, do you get anything out of it or? You, I mean, obviously it's creepy, yeah. and obviously references to black in two separate areas is coincidental to say the least. And you, you, you are disturbed. I mean, you were physically, you felt the physical effects of being I disturbed. Want to not show that to somebody else because this this guy is my old college buddy. I don't want to make him look bad to yeah. somebody else. And that's <laughs> exactly. So so I I'm gonna take it then you guys aren't you guys get a chance to get away. Uh, you you are able to contact Martin. Um, what do you wanna send him a wire? <laughs> I'll let you guys role play a little uh, banter here. Stop. Yeah, quick, stop. <laughs> Investigation moving along. Stop. <laughs> a little ticker at the bottom. <laughs> Finally, a job. <laughs> I can eat this week. <laughs> 
So, you guys have any anything you want to? You know, you have a you have a skill called library research uh, that allows you to research at the library. <laughs> um, you you guys, you know, uh, do you want to press David's wife for more is details? His office in his home. Or it's is in there, his home. So yes. everything that he researched, other than is all of his personal there. notes regarding the Necronomicon, regarding these Melungeon are all in his home because obviously he would be a bit concerned about his professional standing. If his colleagues found out he was researching this stuff, and especially if they saw this, these kind of lunatic writings, they would be disturbed, to say the least. Just as you were disturbed. Is the content itself disturbing, or is it just the... the Emotional the way of your do you, like you if I hand if I hand copied it in a normal writing, do I think that it would be? How do you feel about okay from your character's point of view? You knew your you knew your buddy David Williams as a professional mm-hmm. and as as a 1906 as a stodgy pipe smoking professor. He spoke very immaculate, precise, particular English. Who was a man of science. Um, who was your inspiration? Sure, sure. I wouldn't. I, like I said, I wouldn't want to show it to other people at mm-hmm. all. But I think. I mean, I know if I were to write something down, mm-hmm. there'd be a reason for it. I don't know what the reason is yet. I'm gonna almost take it like, uh, like cave paintings or something. I want to copy it down as it looks. She, she uh, uh, David's wife does give you permission to take whatever materials you'd like to take with you. Okay, you I take didn't, I didn't know whether it was. Um, she too does. much to carry, or I should just copy. She does acquiesce to that. If you want to right. take it, you can take it. Um, yeah, can... I'll, I'll take the contract. Okay. I'll take the the book or whatever where I saw the most about the Millennium. Some of his notes. Okay. And then I'll take the. Is it the same book that had the description? Yeah, it's just in? well, the, he had several different volumes mm-hmm. of notes, but yeah, I can take them all. Okay. Just, uh, uh, so you, you 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 take notes. Um, uh, I would suggest if I've been called up by this point to. See if he broke down who was with him on the on the group because being part of the same occult society, he may have confided in them records of, okay. uh, of, of the of occult the society, as, especially of the, the specific individuals who went on the trip with him. Yeah. Okay, so, well, I mean, there's how many are in our group? Us three. There's there are, there are you three. There's a fourth member that you guys uh, have. No, he's not going to be. <laughs> he was my fourth player. So, <laughs> so Sammy Beauvoir is not, not going to be a company. Yeah, sir, not appearing in this yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is anyone in the Boston chapter of the society? The New England uh, Neors. You can just call the them Neors. Neors sure. Is anyone from that in that in that group still here that did not go on the trip? As far as you know, David does not. Now, again, you you two have never met David Williams. It's been a while since you've talked mm-hmm. to David Williams. He didn't leave any notes on his team. Uh, he, he, his wife, his wife knew of one man. Um, he was kind of a gentleman, kind of like Martin here, who was kind of the muscle, who kind of accompanied him and was his protector. Was a was a ruffian, you know, a rough man who was capable. No offense, of, uh, yes, <laughs> a rough, a, a gentleman, a, a gentleman of rough extraction. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, as far as she knows, he didn't have any family. Uh, they didn't. They weren't. They weren't social in that sense. They didn't hang out together because it would have been unbecoming of a esteemed professor 
could hang out with a ruffian. Um, so when they did meet, did they meet here? They did not. She never met him. She, she's never met him. Basically, the team, the the, the Neors, New England Occult Research Society team, are ghosts. You don't know who they are. Secret system. You want to go to the university? I don't know whether he would base it out of there or... Boston University is where he was tenured at. Well, we could certainly see if he has any records there or if there was any students or uh, around his office. student aides. Oh, yeah, interns. Uh, Martin, if you... We can go ahead and assume you guys want to extend your stay here in, in <coughs> New England for a few more days in Boston. For a few more days, Martin can join you by, yeah, by, by train. Now, this is this is an official um, university. This was Boston University, right? yes. So we should find out more about that. Yeah, yeah almost before we call you up, though, maybe we shouldn't waste too much time and get, up and get down there as quick as Boston. Well, I, I don't know about, whether it would be a waste or not. Well, how about I, I can go back to New York and get stuff ready with him, and you can poke around the university. That way, yeah, it's, it's, then, uh, it's not wasting your time. At least you can yeah. prepare. And if I need to go tell my family where you know, I'll be gone. Yeah, yeah, we, can, we, we, can, we can get the you know, camping gear and the outdoorsy stuff going since he was apparently out in the wilderness when he was found. Now, so again, you guys. Spend some time out there searching for him. Okay. You guys don't know exactly. Again, this this is there's really no other information other than a Mr. Bruce Isaacs from the Blacksmith Mining Corporation drafted the contract, and that's and what that's, I'm going to give him yeah. to look at for. Yeah, I guess you're going to book our our train travel trip. arrangements. Yeah, so see if there's anything down there that has something well, to do with that. Yeah, my father's a lawyer, so I yeah, can have him look at it. I, I would also ask you <laughs> to have a wife. That we are looking into this on her behalf, so that maybe they'll let us look at what he left behind. They haven't shipped it, shipped it all back up, whatever. But the equipment he had left there. Well, to that look. Okay, I got you. I'll let you. Uh, I'll, yeah, Ian Blackstein. I'll let you. haven't shipped it all back. I'll, I'll wrap up that part of it. You, Angela Deacon, heads back to New York to kind of talk to your dad. Yeah. Rendezvous with Martin about this whole thing. I tell Martin I had, a, I had really strange feelings about. <laughs> These really strange dreams about you, Martin. <laughs> you had a massive tentacle. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, that's kind of a weird one. Really. Is that viewers, the gatekeeper is making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> But she's she's good looking. Um, so you head back. You you head back to New York, Angela. You talk to your father. Um, you rendezvous with Martin. You, you kind of discuss what's going on. You head to Boston University. You kind of present your credentials as a tenured professor in New York. Um, you, you teach at New York University. You're met with a bit of skepticism because again, archaeology. Geology is one thing, but archaeology and kind of where you've been. Your father was a diplomat who worked for Meiji Japan, which was the beginning of the emperor being restored to power in Japan, which they kind of look at you as an Orientalist. Because okay. there's a lot, of, I hate to say it, and I, I, I almost wanted to play some of this, 
But there was a lot of racism at this, sure. at this time. I mean, a lot of people, even if they even smelled a hint of aberration in, in your academic uh, credentials, they would instantly close doors on you. So you go and you try to present as good. Uh, so I might almost want to go in there as a geologist. Well, you're an arch you teach archaeology. Okay, all right. You're so kind of like an Indiana Jones. Yeah, you guys are colleagues, and you can say so that. Um, I would say, give me a, give me an, give me an app times five check. <laughs> all right, uh, forty-six. So forty-six. Uh, 50, 60. Okay, so so you, uh, the reason why I said an app is because it, an appearance it kind of measures your personal charisma as well. Your your ability to charm people. So you go in there, you present a really good face uh, to, to David's colleagues there. They take you at face value. They, you kind of, do you, I mean, how do you want to play I want to play on their, their sympathies for this guy who's missing and his wife who's missing him and a colleague of theirs okay. uh, that we were kind of researching the same thing from different directions and I just want to know if, I, if there's anything they could help uh, if they knew what he was working on and working with, okay. uh, what his timetable was, any people that came in and met with him regularly, uh, any research that he was doing. They are very sympathetic to his wife's plight. Um, they are gentlemen. However, he, he was just, he was David, Professor David Williams. He wasn't part of their... Department, so it wasn't well. He just he just didn't present. He, he didn't. He never. They they knew. No, they knew nothing about. If you choose to talk about the Melungeon, you could probably get away with that. If you start saying Necronomicon, no, 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 no. Yeah. But um, <laughs> if any of them are familiar with with uh, that area, none of them are. No. Um, they they can give you some general facts about the area. It is cold country. I can draw a little map for you here. Um, you guys. Basically, this represents mountains. I know it's bad. This is Knoxville. Okay. Knoxville is kind of at the foot of the big mountains called the Appalachian Mountains. And they can tell you that, my, that Knoxville and Virginia, the state that borders Tennessee, are in coal country. That's about all they know. Coal is starting to become a very, very hot commodity now. The U.S. is starting to realize that they are a superpower when it comes to coal. Coal actually, oil and coal fueled the economic boom and fueled our technological development uh, and is what propelled us to being the military power that we are today. Uh, in 1906, coal was the prevalent form of energy um, operations had begun, but large-scale coal mining operations in the region hadn't started. There were logging operations. Large-scale coal mining operations have not started. They can tell you that they know Knoxville is kind of a sleepy little town. Um, wasn't very big then, but it was the it was the most it was the major metropolitan area in this rather isolated region. Of the Are country. there any colleges down there? Universities? None that they can tell. You. Um, very, very backwoods. You're in the backcountry. Once you move out of Knoxville and you start moving into this area here, 
you're officially in the you're in like Banjo's territory. Banjo's, yes, yes, exactly. Bring up all of those horrible stereotypes <laughs> that my family would kill me if they knew I was wrote a scenario and you guys were making fun of them. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But but you kind of you you kind of get the picture. It's it's last thing, assuming nothing. I want to get any kind of sense of if he had any enemies here at the university. No, he was he was very well respected. Um, very. That's why his research was secret. Yeah, very well. <laughs> exactly. James hit the nail on the head. He was very well respected, thought highly of. He started raving about Necronomicons and Melungeons and dueling banjos. <laughs> okay, so we get some we get some knowledge out of that. We know that he didn't talk to anybody about whatever he thought he discovered or whatever happened to him. Hopefully it hasn't progressed too far. So I'm done here. Okay. Whatever. So you guys all you, you head back to New York. Um, you, uh, Angela, your your father's inquiries again have resulted in really nothing. Basically, the information that I just shared with with Ben is kind of the information that he shares with you. He kind of wants to know why you're asking about this anyway, because a good girl like you should not be concerning herself with. With things like this, he's. Oh, you don't bother. I, by the way, I'm even gone for a couple days. Angela, go find myself a good mining man. Angela, I just, I, I don't approve of this. You know, your your father's. Imagine, imagine she's Theodore Roosevelt. Her, she's got it wrapped around her little finger. Give me an app check number. Uh, um, so you guys all meet you. You bring Martin into the loop on all of this stuff. You tell him about the Necronomicon. I'm not going to bring that up. That ne the, the word ne Necronomicon, I'm not going to bring up. But I may say there were some strange writings, disturbing images. There might have been something wrong. You had kind of a psychic. I hate to use that term. So, so you you're like Jennifer Love Hewitt, and you saw ghosts. You whispered. Them. But you you had a. <laughs> I shoot her. I shoot her. I don't know the reference. Give me a, give me a weapons check. You use, your, you use your beloved Spanish Mauser to put a bullet in her head. I empty the gun. Smokeless. Okay, so, I mean, do you want to share any of your impressions with, with the group? I mean, in terms of what you... Uh, I will be periodically turning back the microphone here to make sure that it's still going. Um, do you well, want to? Absolutely, you know. Okay. It's, it's, it's really weird, but it, um, yeah, at the same time, I'm intrigued. And, you know, I want to go see what happened. You know, what's ready to go? <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about this morning? Hmm. Well, I'm sorry about your loss. And, you know, <laughs> but uh, I want to see what happens. Well, he's, he's not presumed <laughs> dead. He's just <laughs> missing. <laughs> 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 James is like, yeah, we're going to find him. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. It's something to, to keep you busy. It's a good cause finding a, a fellow occult, uh, occult interest. Occultist. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's been months since we got anything interesting happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys have gone out on, on, you know, you guys have investigated the standard bumps in the night and little paper cutout fairies in the woods and. Spirit photography and things like that. Imagine like ghost in or ghost hunters, nineteen oh six. That's kind of what you guys have done. Um, you know, strange, strange things that aren't necessarily that don't necessarily equate to full blown phenomena. 
Yeah, this she, one smells of potential, so yeah, I think yeah, she's, this, she's a little bit more excited about this. Sheen buried in the black hole is uh, a little bit more than Paper Fairy. Yeah, well, <laughs> reciting the poem, that definitely sounds like spirit talking through a, a and in, in, That he disappeared along with all his friends, that something's going on there. <laughs> and you don't, again, you don't know how many people he went with. There, again, his, his team, for all intents and purposes to you guys, seem like ghosts right now, because... Nobody's saying who they are. I mean, you know, you know that he did have a, a rough fellow, kind of like Martin, accompany him, him, and that's all you know. You don't even know the guy's name. Well, clearly, he's not as good as you, or otherwise it wouldn't oh, disappear. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it all they'd come back for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So a couple weeks pass by. Um, you guys meet periodically at Ben Professor Ben Strom's residence. He has a pretty nice house with the study, much like Professor David Williams's place. Um, you receive a telegram from a Mr. Bruce Isaacs of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, the telegram um, indicates an interest in hiring your New York Occult Research Society to research, well, to one, investigate where the Neor's team went, where Professor Williams and his team went. He, he contacts you because he, he knows, he basically has, sends you several letters detailing his correspondence with Professor Williams over the course of several months. Professor, Professor David Williams and uh, Bruce Isaacs out of Knoxville, uh, Tennessee, had spent several weeks co corresponding with each other via letters. He sends you a copy. He sends you a docket of all of these letters. Is it clear that he knows we know Williams, or is, we're just he, the next people? He knows. Us? He knows you know. Okay. Because he sends you letters detailing correspondence, and in in his correspondence, um, David had talked about his good buddy Ben Strong out of New York who was also in the same business that he okay. was in. So, so he doesn't necessarily know we're looking into it. But he, he, he would know that we are aware he has gone missing. Yeah. Or yeah, that you would be. So it's not like, ah, these guys don't know that last team went, disapp went disappeared. They won't be all in, none the wiser. Yes, he sends you a copy of his correspondence. He, he's, he doesn't know who you are, but he sends you a copy. He sends you the letters. And in the letters, as you go through them, he mentions Angela Deacon. He mentions... Professor Ben Strong. David Williams mentions you guys, and he mentions Martin Hellman. He mentions you guys as being an occult research society to Mr. Isaacs. Um, Mr. Isaacs, you guys eventually start a correspondence. Mr. Isaacs seems very, very discreet regarding the nature of your profession, because it would be very, very bad for people to know what you guys do. Especially bad for a woman who claims, or doesn't claim, but who has gifts. <laughs> um, you know, they probably would prescribe you the old dildo. Remember those electric, those old, <laughs> I hate to be crude, but <laughs> they, for hysterical women. Right, you know. right. so, so for you, it's a big deal. Or hysterical. Yeah. For Angela, it's a big deal because she doesn't want to have her name smeared out there because she's already at a disadvantage. For you, 
having your name associated with the cult research is bad news. For Martin, for Martin, I've got problems already. Who's dealing with 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 lots and lots of stuff? It would just be bad news to get involved in some weird shit. But but uh, or not get involved, but be associated with that kind of thing because he's already having a hard time finding a job. Okay, so we can't blow it off because it'll just pile up. We wouldn't want to blow it off. And, and it's your friend. We would want to investigate this anyway, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would, I would hope we would, so you'd hire me to help. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he I need to be the money. <laughs> he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to threaten any of the investigators' professional credibility. That's why he's being very discreet about this. He does sympathize with your loss, um, Professor. Williams was a great mentor to Ben and a great friend and shared a lot of the same interests. So your loss is as as great as his wife's loss because it's like you're losing your really good buddy, your mentor. Um, yeah, he, he says, you know, in the correspondence he says, uh, Dave spoke of you guys all the time. He mentioned you in several letters. You can see in the correspondence for yourself. He mentions you guys in several letters. So they they trust this person then to mention. Well, us, I mean, but us by name. So. He yeah, you could say that he, he established a correspondence. With him. Now the good part. Um, he offers you the contract. He offers you the initial contract that was offered to the New England research team. He wants you guys to to investigate what they were investigating, but he knows that you guys are going to go up there and find Dave. But uh, basically, some weird, strange happenings, some strange ruins, um, things that the locals there don't really have any knowledge of. He needs your expertise in geology and archaeology. And his mining company discovered these things? His mining company discovered these things. He represents the Blackstein Mining Company, who discovered these very, very weird things. Is the mailing address Blackstein at all, or is that a place, or is we don't still know? You don't know. Okay. You still but don't the know. mailing address is Knoxville, then? Uh, there, there is no mailing address. I mean, he, he, oh, he oh, has... Oh, by it. telegraph? Yeah, okay. he's doing this by telegraph. Okay. Um, his, his offices, Bruce Isaac's offices, are in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's like uh, he's like a solicitor. He's an attorney for corporate this corporate. Yeah, he's a corporate lawyer. Okay. So he he you can infer that he doesn't have any sort of direct contact with the Blackstreet Mining Corporation. He's merely their representative. He does give you guys a couple weeks to arrange your personal effects if you choose to accept the contract. The contract is really really good, guys. We're talking. We're talking the contract over the course of two weeks can be worth up to six thousand dollars. Split if not you guys are going, I'm going. <laughs> Split three ways. Six thousand dollars would be roughly the equivalent of about eighty thousand dollars in today's terms. So And is this to find out what all this stuff means or just to investigate for two weeks? This is all this back? is all what you, this is what you know right now. He just wants to know you guys, are you guys interested? Do you want to express interest in this to him? I'd like to say we're interested, but you guys are welcome to do what you want, but of my share, I'd like to have it written in that part of it goes to the wife. Okay. If he isn't, if there's something 
Like he doesn't come back with us. Oh damn! I just I, that picture of this hot chick from 1906 was on here, and I was going to be like her like that. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of gives you an idea of kind of what cities. I mean, we're talking still. This is Teddy Roosevelt's uh, thing, but I mean, you're still talking. I was going to say, did he ride with the Rough Riders? Telegram. Yeah, Teddy. Oh no, he did not. He mm -hmm. participated in some of the actions in Cuba, but he didn't ride with the Rough Riders. That's a telegra telegraph phone of the wire type. So that's what you'd be calling on when you phone back and forth to uh, New York. That's a, Martin would would recognize that ship right there because a lot of the actions in the Philippines and in Cuba were naval, uh, naval based because naval, Navy was their own mode of transportation. Just some, some, uh, some, uh, yeah. That, that's kind of, yeah, that's a, that's David's house. It's kind of a residence there. That would be what a residence looked like. Just kind of the period dress there of what people might look like. You can see a lot of, a lot of burlap. <laughs> Not very much happening in the soles there. Your shoes were probably pretty uncomfortable. Uh, mining house kind of gives you an idea of kind of what the mining aspect looked like. Um, just, I think there's like one more I'll let you guys look at. This is another picture of, this I think is an oil derrick here, but it kind of gives you an idea. That kind of looks like your image of this kind of back country, you know. Um, hey, there's Professor Ben Strong's house right there. <laughs> but anyway, so, so you, you guys ex want to express interest? Do you want to... Oh, yes. I know that Martin's in, because <laughs> yeah. he can use the 20 grand, oh, yeah. <laughs> or the 2,000. Uh, oh, yeah. Angela, I think, is in. I, I really want the the contract changed so that in the event something happens to you... Let's say half my portion is paid to her okay. instead of me, and if something happens to me, all my portion is paid to her. Not a problem. Mr. Isaacs it actually admires your chivalry and compliments you on your true gentleman your gentlemanly uh, actions. So basically what happens is when you express interest, he pays for your trip to Knoxville as part of your, all of your travel expenses will be covered. He indicates, uh, he says, let me pay for your expenses. Come out to Knoxville. Let's talk about the sp specifics of the contract. And if you don't want to do this, I'll pay for your ticket back. So... You guys, I'm assuming you guys want to, you guys want to go out. I'm going to be filling out the personal journal every step of the way. Just, okay. This, 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 just uh, so there's so we go down while we're still in a big city, I want to see if there's any maps of the area that might not be available down there. I, I, I realize mapping technology at the time, not great, and especially this far from that area. Okay. But I, I want to at least get a, as good an idea as I can of the surrounding terrain. Okay. Since I'm going to be the one in charge of. I mean, you can, you, can, you can do that now, or you can do that when you arrive. Uh, I, I, I intend to do it both. I want to see what I have available now, and okay. see when I get down there, see if they have anything more. Do you want to use, like, the library research type of thing? Yeah. You guys can assist if you want. Angela, you can assist. Professor, you can assist. Uh, again, it's uh, your library research. Blue is going to be the 10. I, Jason, I've got some. I've got a... I've got several hundred. I know I've got some somewhere, but I didn't bring a whole backpack in. James, do you have a hundred sided that you need? You got one? I, have, I can't you find that if you're based your modifier and roll up. Your modifier. Oh, you got a 14? Yeah. yeah. That's it. What did you get? 80. Oh, man. 
I couldn't find anything. I guess I guess Angela's like a bookworm. Yeah. She just you guys, you know, you guys visit the various institutions. You kind of gather more intel on the area. What you find in the course of your research is, is really simple. Well, she tells us that she's found. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you guys all go in. It's the aspect of the fashion magazine. Yeah. <laughs> you guys all kind of go together. So, so what you find is this. It's, it's really simple. Um, there are a lot of small towns and hamlets and mining camps in that area that have colloquial names, but don't necessarily exist on a map. So... What you'll find is a small town or a mining camp or literally a street with 14 houses where the miners live and it's called Trammel or Tiger Town or a nickname. But it, it doesn't necessarily exist on a map. You find Knoxville, you find a little town called Abingdon, Virginia, and you find nothing else after that. You just find a, a region. You find a county but you don't find any names because the populations contained therein aren't significant enough to warrant. Uh, you know, I would say you'd, you'd, need to, you'd need to give me like maybe an EDU, if you guys want to try and give me an EDU times two to get really deep into census records to see if you can find any. No? Oh, like 15. 15? Yeah. What's your EDU? Oh. Thirteen. Thirteen. Nope. Okay. Well, again, Angela comes through for <laughs> you guys. Uh, you you know she finds she finds uh, she finds census records. You find census records detailing people from that region. But again, in those census records, the towns are known colloquially. You understand these names to be colloquial. You know that a place like Tiger Town doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, Trammel doesn't exist. These, these strange names that don't exist uh, on a map. Okay. Um, so, so you guys can reasonably infer, you know, Angela, you reasonably infer that this place could very well exist, but it just doesn't have an official name. And you'll find that even today, and I'm borrowing this from real life experience. There are colloquial names for little tiny towns in, those, in Appalachia that don't exist on a map. Um, so, so that's what you guys gather while you're while you're here. And right. I'm going to assume that you guys do want to make the journey to Tennessee to Knoxville to meet Mr. Isaacs. Yeah. Pardon me for a second, guys. Um, <coughs> I just need to get something to wipe off my. Now Knoxville is big enough we can get whatever kind of supplies we want down there, or is it too is it small enough we would have to buy gear before we head down? Well, that's that's this that's kind of what you uh, when you arrive. Well, let me see now. I need my notes going for this. But if it's big enough, I won't worry about supplies till we get down there. But since I would know about what roughly size it is now. Yeah, you guys. I mean, you could you could say that. I, I'll go ahead and say that you that you know that it's a fairly large place. And large that, enough, I'll find. Large enough, enough that you'll be able to be out there in the building. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll second wait on that till we get down there. Okay, so so you wait to get supplies. Um, so you show up, you guys. It's a couple days to get to to Knoxville. You show up. You travel by train, first class all the way. First oh, class yeah. with ladies. Martin, you're not used to these yeah, kind of accommodations. I, I eat as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of a street urchin drifter. <laughs> 
I am preparing for the bad times that are going to be well, inevitable. Fill in your pockets. Martin is used to army rations and living on on that ship that I showed you guys. Um, so so for him, this is like high living. You know? I'm making the most of this. Let me just see if my batteries are charged here. Uh, still charging. Um, so so you you know you guys you guys travel really nice. You guys uh, arrive in, in Knoxville. You get there and, and and you literally step off the train and it's literally something out of like out of a movie. You step off the train, the, the steam from the train is is blowing across the the tracks and across the uh, yes, <laughs> thanks, James. <laughs> and and it's very drab. Uh, it it is rough compared to New York City. It is it is almost like a Almost like a frontier town, wood structures, not a lot of. Well, there is brick and there is and there is wood, but there's not a lot of masonry like you find in New York. Um, some of the some of the boardwalks and some of the sidewalks are still wood. Um, there are cars, but they are extreme rarity, uh, especially in this part of the country. It's still primarily horse, buggy, wagon, every manner of beast is crawling at variable speeds across the streets as you notice as you get off the train. So the the odor hits you, you know, it's 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 very it's very buttoned down, stodgy, but people are sweating, you're wearing wool, you're immaculately dressed. You see two figures standing on the uh, standing at the station. Oh I take a picture of the You wanna yeah the <laughs> go ahead and roll you wanna roll your photography skill? You might be able to sell it, it might be worth money. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, 52. Okay. Well, you you bust out your sure shot detective camera and and the the some people are like, "Ooh, wow, what is, you know, I mean, people are that's a that's a piece of technology that is a rare piece of technology only a wealthy privileged person could afford something." They ruined the shot. And she she <laughs> wants in the shot. Uh, just wasn't wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Must um, be the weather. Yeah. So you guys see two figures standing at the station. Uh, one is a gentleman. They're holding. One is a gentleman, very immaculately dressed, smartly dressed in a uh, blazer, uh, vest, tie, nice trousers. The only thing that's kind of out of sorts is that he's wearing uh, work boots, and that he's only wearing work boots because the streets muddy and are muddy and dirty. <laughs> Part of my French shit everywhere. Uh, Horses, you know, pack animals, things like that. The man standing next to him is uh, is a rather slovenly looking fellow, I and mean, that's being generous. Dressed in overalls, you can tell he has a dirty white shirt. He has it buttoned up in an attempt to kind of look <laughs> proper. He's got a bow tie that's kind of only half tied, like you know, he doesn't really care. And he's holding a placard. He's kind of his body's kind of, you know, he's just kind of hunched. He's holding a black a placard, and neatly printed on the front of the placard, it says, uh, "Mr. Benjamin Strong." So, uh, if you guys wanna, if you guys wanna make your introductions, so that the man, the neatly dressed man, holds out his hand and to to Ben and says, "You know, good afternoon. I'm or I'm uh, Bruce, Bruce Isaacs. How are you?" Oh, I'm Professor Strong. 
You want to go ahead and give me a. Uh, why don't you guys give me a? Uh, why don't you give me an app? An app times five. Oh, what seven. is that? A seven? Oh no, a seventy. I'm taking. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm taking the, the middle die out of eighty. Out of eighty. Okay. Fourteen. Fourteen. Wow. So. <laughs> He looks at, he's kind of like, he rather limply shakes your hand. He's like, yeah, you're like, oh. Apparently those, those few days on the train really did me good. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of, First you've eaten in a while, right? <laughs> he's not so hot on bed. He's kind of like, okay, uh, good afternoon, sir, you know. You shake his hand. He gives you a big, a nice, big, lawyerly smile and says, you know, you introduce yourself. He introduced himself. Um... Right away, he says, my lady, and he, he my, my dear, he kisses your hand. That's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he says, ravishing, you know, you look ravishing, you look wonderful. You're none the worse for wear than the three-day trip, and, you know. He's, he's heeping pleasantries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shall we be going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't, you, why don't you guys give me a, a psychology check? Why don't you guys really get your psychology? Psychology? Yeah. And then after that, give me a spot hidden. Jesus, I don't want that guy. Nope. Nowhere near psychology. And what was the spot? A spot hidden. When you meet the number, is that a pass or fail? This. If you meet the number, it's still a success. So I succeeded on the spot hidden, but not on the psychology. And did you see? It's too hot. Okay. You lose a point of sanity. I was close on the spot. <laughs> you guys lose, you lose a point of sanity. Roll a six-sided die and divide by two, both of you guys. Five. Uh, okay, so two. Two Sam. Okay. I'm assuming that none of you guys none of you guys passed your psychology checks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you know. You don't notice anything in that respect, but but your your spot hidden check you don't you don't see it, but you kind of get a weird feeling. You you see it and you see you see this strange symbol. You, your eyes are immediately your eyes almost immediately follow. You, you're, they're almost magnetically drawn to this strange symbol etched into the hand of Bruce Isaacs really weird symbol and when you look at it especially you Angie you kind of feel this weird give me why don't you give me a no roll you're not gonna lose any sand but okay <laughs> 62 62 add your two what, how many points did you lose two points of sand mm-hmm. add two to your Cthulhu Mythos uh, can I try an occult roll to see if I know any occultists go ahead that's one. 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 I know exactly <laughs> wow. what it is. I think I know exactly. How many what sand that is. did you lose? I lost uh, three because it's five divided by two. Add oh, three sand to your Cthulhu mythos. I would have lost three too. Okay, so add whatever sand you lost to your Cthulhu mythos. Max sanity goes down. <laughs> we had fish on the way down. Oh. I don't think it was any good. So you see, he just doesn't like. Northerners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, uh, I'm probably not doing this justice here. Hear that? If you don't like Southern, 
You see etched into his hand a symbol that looks like that. And you know exactly what it is. Oh, I think <laughs> you know, you know, the, the occult isn't necessarily truth. You, know, <laughs> you I think I know what it is. You, 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 you're familiar with the strange, but you you don't know what it is. I know it is something to do with the occult, or you get yeah, you get the feeling that it's something. It's a bad thing. You get a very very bad feeling. It's okay. it's it's it, it you you instinctively recoil at this. All of of the people who noticed it, Angie and Martin, instinctively recoil at the symbol. But but again, you have to put yourself in the mind of the character. In 1906, you were trained that science and logic and empiricism are, are, are fact and superstition is bad and you should disregard this. You, you get this weird feeling, but at the same time, your, your sanity is saying, that, that's nothing. That's, that's just strange. That's, not, that's, that's what the locals do. Ain't natural. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you've seen some weird stuff, Martin. I mean, you've been in war. You, you've fought against Filipino tribesmen who had tattoos, and, and you've sailed across the Pacific, and you've encountered Samoans with tattoos on their face and po- faces and Polynesians. And you've seen weird shit, but this is weird. So that's 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 kind of the impression that you get. You've okay. seen some weird shit, but this is some weird, weird stuff. No upper middle class lawyer, corporate lawyer would have something like that. Exactly. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah, that, that, that's it. something I'm thinking I'm going to bring up with the professor as soon as we're out of uh, your shot. Do you know what this means? <laughs> I can't think of it. I had to fish. <laughs> yeah. Professor Ben is just dumb right now. Um, I told you not to eat the fish. <laughs> Yeah, you should have you, five mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> why don't, how about how about uh, Ben? You give me a uh, give me a no, or give me an idea roll. It should be on your first page. Did we fill out your stats? Oh yeah, okay, I got you. Give me an idea roll. <clears throat> Forty-four out of seventy-five. You've seen that sigil before. <clears throat> you know where you saw that sigil? Just take a while. Well, I'm going to guess in somebody's notes that's now along with me. In Correct the mundo! Yep. You remember vaguely seeing something that looked vaguely like that in the mad scrawlings of Professor David Williams. All right, when we, uh, when we get time alone, I'll bring it out. And if I have to reveal that I'm a little worried about... Uh, Williams going off the deep end, I'll, I'll do it. But if I can avoid all that, I'll just show him the symbol. Okay, so you guys make your introductions. Um, Mr. Uh, Isaacs details the, the financial arrangements of your contract. Uh, you guys can go ahead and record that, um, I believe I said, worth 6000 He gives you all a $1,000 cash advance in cash uh, as as, you know, if if you're going to sign the contract right now, he will advance you $1,000 in cash. And the contract basically says, we go, we investigate. The contract stipulates this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> sure, I'll sign it. The devil shows up. <laughs> Satan shows up. Give me a Satan roll. <laughs> the contract stipulates the following. 
The contract says that you guys will be paid for uh, two weeks uh, to investigate a the disappearance of the of the um, New England team because he figures that's kind of what you're here for. Um, B the contract the contract stipulates he wants your uh, he wants a report basically a geological survey of the Blackstreet mine number one where it's been reported that strange stones strange or strange stone has been found these very strange things now he reiterates to you be extremely judicious with who you share this knowledge with. We do not want this getting out to anybody. Because if this gets out to people, we will not be able to attract the workers that we need to come and mine the coal. As you may or may not know, coal is quickly becoming the most valued commodity in the United States. It would be absolutely bad publicity for the company that I represent, the town that I represent, to have any sort of knowledge of strangeness getting out there. We already have a public relations disaster with the disappearance of three Yankees. Okay? And, and that is, that's the terminology that he uses. Three Yankees disappeared in our woods. This is a nightmare. Have you already tapped the vein of coal? Do you know this is a... We have, we have, we have... The Blacksteep Mine Number 1 has hit a seam of coal, the likes of which you, will you would never believe. This is a okay. huge seam of coal. However, they have discovered something strange. I can't tell you exactly what it is because I don't know. I'm merely the black... I'm the representative representative of the Blacksteep uh, City Council or the Blacksteep Town Council. You're going to rendezvous with Sheriff Lowell, Blacksteep County Sheriff. You're going to rendezvous with the Blacksteep City Council or Blacksteep Village Council, as they call themselves. They're going to, as part of the contract, they're going to expect they're going to expect a full geological survey done by you and an archaeological survey done by you and your team. Um, photographic evidence. Muscle. Heavy things. Yep. Are we the three of us capable of doing this on our own? Yes. Okay. Angela is a is Hi. a photographer. You work in the field that not a lot of people work in. And I'm the general handyman. Martin, Martin's a smart guy. Martin, Martin's a smart guy. Martin's a, Martin has tracking skills. He has... Uh, navigate. I've navigate, got machine repair. Machine repair. He's, so I'm, he's, I, I'm the guide and general handyman. Yeah. So, so my job is not the uh, tell the intern to go... No. Your job, you're going to be hands... Because, because your field at this time, that's why you broke your hands and your arms. Because you're the kind of guy who's going to get in there and get it. You're not the kind of guy who's bossing people around. That's why he also doesn't want to put your professional credibility on the line because he tell you know he. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and role play this. I know that you are already frowned upon by some of your colleagues because of the hands-on nature of your occupation. Most of your colleagues 
aren't hands-on kind of guys. You and I know... They're not forward thinkers. Yes. <laughs> you and I know how gentle, Yankee gentlemen are. Yes, we do, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I understand the very precarious nature of your very agreement to this. And I, I know that you want to find your friend. And we want you to find your friend. But that's not what we're officially telling you your contract is here to, you know, the contract you're here to fulfill is not to officially investigate the disappearance of your friend. That's the geological survey. That is Correct. the only other point? That's that the is the only, the geological okay. survey and the report that you're going to be filing with the Blacksdeep Village Council. Once you have completed your survey of the Blacksdeep Mine Number One. So, is it uh, a working mine at the moment? It is Other not a working, working mine at the moment. Um, there has, he, he does tell you that um, there has been, and he's very, he's very reticent to tell you this, people have disappeared in this mine. This is another thing that I don't want to get out. My, my client does not want, this is not something that I think I should be sharing with you, but I think I should be honest with you. We've had an accident in the Blacksteep mine number one. Uh, this is why a survey is, is very important, because we need you to look at this. What is this? What is going on? Is there anybody that knows the mines, or are we going in as... You'll have, no, you, you'll, you'll rendezvous with the local authorities there. You'll be given full credentials to investigate. As well, you I mean, see fit, you will be well. You'll be assigned. You'll you'll be outfitted. I, I'm going to provide you with enough money to outfit yourselves when you, before you leave, you'll be given pack animals to outfit yourselves while you're in Knoxville. Uh, if you'd like to hire somebody when you get the black sheep, certainly feel free to do so. The the mining corporation will the company will take care of you. We'll pay for all of your expenses, all of your travel expenses. There's uh, no road to the mine. It is. It is in a, a very rough, inaccessible area. Um, infrastructure, obviously, in this part of the country, as you can see from your train trip here. Uh, that was probably my cell phone. Oh, was it yours? No? Oh, that's okay. Uh, infrastructure here is is pretty rough. There aren't really roads. Uh, there are trails, uh, cart roads. Um, but you are heading into a very rough part of the country, so. Uh, feel free to outfit yourselves. We'll provide you with any money you need for that. Um, Miss Deacon, I don't know if you'll be healed. He uses that term. I don't know if you're familiar with that term or not. Oh, you mean like wearing... Healed. Healed? Yeah, he laughs. He laughs at you. You don't know what healed means? Like high healed? Or... No, no. no. He, he tells you that when roosters fight, they put little spurs on their legs. So when, when they fight each other... They cut each other with the spurs and they kill each other, and that's a colloquial expression. Healed means armed. Oh, I see. And he kind of, you know, he kind of explains it to you in kind of a condescending, like you silly woman, <laughs> you know. Sounds like I should be. <laughs> so, so he'll provide you with I can a. Give you a few <laughs> yeah, he'll provide you with a small stipend to uh, acquire a weapon, okay. uh, if you like. Um, yeah, feel free. Obviously, you know, James, you're not your your character's not going to be able to pack a. 44 caliber right. handgun. I'm, I'm thinking something along the lines of a 38 revolver uh, to a 22 
Uh, small or, rifle, or a Maxim machine gun. Well, I, I, would be, I would be planning on getting uh, some sort of hunting rifle, since this is apparently a wild land, and I don't know what sort of Well, wild your land. Spanish Mauser is... Oh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, well, I'll put the game on hold, but I'll just I'll give you some background. Your Spanish Mauser, uh, your Spanish Mauser is, is, a, is your prized weapon. Your Spanish Mauser is, is the peak of technological uh, prowess right now. Spanish Mauser was a Fired a smokeless round. Uh, the weapon that you drilled with when you were uh, when you were a recruit. So was, this is a rifle. That's a rifle. Okay, well then, yeah, I want you to go buy one. Yeah, you got I'm it. I'm not familiar with. with oh, okay. So. Sorry, I'm 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 nerding out. I'm like turning into Scott and Glancy here. But, <laughs> but a Spanish Mauser was was a was the rifle that the Cuban forces used that used a smokeless cartridge. In 1906, Americans had developed smokeless powder technology, but you you got that. During the course of battle, you love that rifle. Okay. You you did bring that weapon with you in a case. I mean, it, it's almost to the point of fetishistic for you because you're starting. You know, the war has kind of. Yeah, it's done, always on my mind. Yes, huh? yes, the war is always on your mind. It's done wonders for your brain. You know. <laughs> um, okay. So. Yeah, I've, then, I've got that ammo for that then. So well, yeah, um, I'm good there. Let's see. I, for firearms, I have the highest skill in a shotgun, but I don't think I want to carry. I mean, you can carry a single barrel shotgun if you want. Uh, pardon me for a second, James. I'm gonna just grab something to drink here real quick. You guys want something to drink? You guys want some water? I think you're good. Oh uh, no, let me give you a cold one. That's my roommate's because he'll freeze. Oh, I see. Yeah. But I got you. He'll be like, you drink all my water, man. <laughs> Jason, you wanna? Are you good? I'm good for now. Okay. Get a 20 gauge shotgun. Yeah, 20 gauge is a light around, single barrel. Yeah. <coughs> Feel free to uh, write that down in your sheet as needed. Uh, I think as part of use of gravel gear, I would insist on some sort of uh, yeah, some sort of big knife. Yeah. That's going to be useful. Outfit yourselves as you see fit. I mean, obviously, you know, a tow missile isn't going to be acceptable. But uh, go ahead and feel free to note on your character sheets. Let me grab some paper. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm passing right now. Oh, or do you pick up a gear? Okay. Two hours have blown by already. I can't believe that. Uh, some some extra pieces of paper for you guys if you like. Something to add. You know, I think we probably would. This game will probably last more than one session. I'm thinking. Okay. Um, it might be. You know, might be something to look forward to. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna step out of the room if I get another. Oh, don't worry. Okay, um, here's some extra paper if you guys need it. I grabbed you an extra water there, just in case. Uh, two things I'd be curious about before we leave civilization as, as we know it. Uh, first being, if the miners they're using are you know brought in from somewhere, or if these are all locals in the town that they're using to mine. Uh, I, I'm playing, I'm role-playing now, or R-O-L-E playing. My client... Uh, my client, I, I'm not familiar with my, my, my client's particular particulars of the operation there. I'm a solicitor. Uh, I don't, I don't survey the site. I don't, I don't 
Uh, he likes you too, so you obviously he's, he's you you know you can roll a psychology. You can give me a psychology roll if you want, um, or or a no roll or. Uh, May as well since the, the, the sign he has on his hand is uh, yeah, you yeah. Can, you know, a little bit. Hey, come on. Tattoo would look really good right here <laughs> on your hand. <laughs> uh, listen, or no, not listen. Listen, communication, fast talk. You can give me fast talk, you can give me uh, persuade, psychology, I mean, Psychology is five, fast talk is five. You're not really... Yeah, so I, I'm not likely to notice anything. Yeah. Yeah, 22, I, I, I don't, I, I assume he's telling me the truth. Yeah, you... Uh, you so I mean, it's something I'll, I'll have to ask the, the local management of the mine. Yeah, yeah. He uh, keeps me out, so I'm staying away from him. He, well, he, he, you know, if you were to, his, his attitude with you uh, is like, well, pretty lady, don't worry yourself. Why well, there's we, there's some nice sites in Knoxville to take pictures of. Uh, uh, uh exactly. I'll just put it on. <laughs> take some pretty pictures. No, my, you're beautiful. Uh, so you know, he says I, I'm not I'm not familiar with their operation. I, I don't I don't I've never been to the that facility. I, I don't really know what what's going on other than what my client has indicated to me, and other than. Uh, other than the fact that they want to keep this very, 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 very private. Um, they do not need publicity. They don't want people coming to the mountains to disturb their operation. They don't want the local politicians encroaching you know, and, and compromising the rights of the very clannish locals. They don't want Yankees traipsing all over their woods, disturbing the local population. You must understand, you know, forgive me for calling you Yankees, but you must understand that the people of Blacksteep are very, very, and the people of the greater, the mountain folk in general, is a very uh, proud, fierce, rugged, individualistic person. Not keen on outside influence. Good to know. <laughs> he just laughs. He's like, yeah, let's have a beer now. <laughs> Con time's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I willingly fail. I spend all of my GP on alcohol. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm using that like I'm going out to the bar tomorrow, and I'm like, dude, I, I just want to silk screen that on a shirt tonight. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys want to fill in uh, a Ben here on, on. No, I trust them to get everything we need. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> this is mountainous territory, so beyond uh, standard camping gear, I'll also. Buy you know extra ropes and extra, extra stuff to deal with rough, okay. possibly vertical terrain. I would say note it down, and uh, and he'll give you a pack. He'll supply some pack animals to uh, pack animals, power pack of germs to uh, donkeys. Yeah, donkeys. Yeah. I don't have equipment I would need for a geological survey. Well, you have it. You have small instruments. I think I noted it on your character sheet. You have some small geological uh, surveying instruments. Things like that. Uh, I, I wrote that. I didn't get super into that research. Yeah. So sorry, guys. I didn't do my homework on that. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I know how to do it. I know yeah. how to do it. I have you need a science instruments. Yes, scientific right. instruments. <laughs> what are those? 
Um, a whip. A whip, yeah. <laughs> you need a fedora. <laughs> so, you've got some beakers, a little... Uh, you like, you got a Medina whip. Give me a tampon uh, battery. <laughs> uh, since the the gentleman we're out looking for and his apparently two friends have gone missing, I'll also want to bring some first aid supplies okay. in case something's happened to them. Okay. Oh. Not that so, I, I don't think I know. Guys, how a shopping spree? Do they have flares? Uh, Actually, first aid. I believe they would have flares. I don't know if they would be a publicly available item. It's a mining company. Well, so the miners have it there. The miners oh. would have flares, but I don't, no, think, no. I don't think that. Not in oh, can you get those cool hats? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, you would light. <laughs> what? Do you ask him about mining gear? That is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> he he tells you know he he tells you basically he says Pelmer, your guide, who's going to be your guide, so if you accept this job, will will take care of that. If we accept it, we accept oh, yeah. it. I'm. I'm Oh, I respect. Right. <laughs> right, you yeah. already got like three outfits. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're like, uh, I'm outfits. Outfits. <laughs> I'm already planning how drunk I'm going to get after two weeks. <laughs> Make so, those memories go away. Yes. Yes. Drown the pain. <laughs> but does uh, anybody else have any suggestions other than uh, camping gear, camping gear, that we might want to need since we're going to be doing. Well, you would know what we're doing for the geological well, stuff. If we're doing like, real occult research, what about local lore and things like that? I, I don't know. Well, yeah, we might we would, we would, I would think, want to visit any local libraries that might well, have I mean, more of ours. Well, since we're out in, you know, the, the uncivilized land, we don't want to talk to people in the village. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, and before we're going, though, is what I'm thinking about. Because, yeah, once we get there, we'll want to see what the local legends are, see if... Mr. Isaacs, local Sasquatch or something is responsible. Mr. Isaacs does say that that uh, Skeens, that Mr. Skeens will, Helmer Skeens will, he calls him Mr. Skeens. Mr. Skeens will be more than happy to to accompany you and and, and suffer your you know your <laughs> investigations. Um, he's being paid, so and he, he is a local. He is a local, a resident local. of Blackstone. Oh, okay. Um, he will. As part of his archaeological thing, he had like paper and. To make rubbings and stuff. Yeah, you 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 have. We'll just assume. We'll just presume that you have all of the archaeologically archaeological implements you need to conduct a full survey. Anything that you don't have, um, Mr. Isaac says, can be a ordered and transported to Blacksteep after you arrive. If you can't find the supplies that you need here, the highly specialized gear. Is on your character sheet. That's the stuff that you absolutely can't order and get in a month. Uh, any of the additional stuff can be obtained in Knoxville. So we'll go ahead and presume that you outfit yourself with uh, geological and archaeological survey gear in order is to complete your. Bruce, our point of contact, or, or Bruce is local? well. Uh, sheriff, we find something. Sheriff, <coughs> sheriff Lowell of Blackfeet County will be your point point man in terms of if you have any. Problems. Do you have any problems along the way, Sheriff? Sure. Lowell will we'll be if, the guy. If we complete our, 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 our assignment you any, early, uh, if you complete your assignment early, fine. You file your report with the Blacksteep uh, Village Council. You'll bring a copy of your report to me when you arrive back in Knoxville, and when I see you safely back to New York, and I'll consider your contract in terms of your contract fulfilled. Okay. Well, just because. Uh, 
that symbol freaked her out so much. She's going to look for that symbol on every person she meets. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should say that. <laughs> but not funny right now. Uh, Oh, okay. It, uh, James, it's right. Uh, just go down the stall. Oh, yeah. I, I will fill you in while we're doing the preparatory shopping. I got to use the restroom, too. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I saw that second door, James. Sign. I don't know if you know what it means. I'm going to use the bathroom real quick, guys. So okay. Do some, do some role play. You're on tape right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the fucking symbol. Yes, and I will attempt to draw it out for you with my very low art score, but it looked very simple, <laughs> so I, I get it. Close enough, I would assume. If we arrange for a hotel or something, or are we taking off immediately? Because when we get into a room and I can unpack my trunk, there's something you need to look at, which is, I think, that simple. Well, I haven't heard anything about hotel, but I think that's reasonable that we would spend a day or two getting the equipment and gear and getting ready to go. Isn't this great? The guy disappeared like six months ago now. Oh, yeah. You know, we're like... Well, I think we'll go up to Boston for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you've got to wait for for uh, you know summer break from school, so you can get, you can get free. I'm just walking the streets looking for odd jobs. <laughs> what is it? Fifteen. Um, what the heck was that skill? My, my, my financial stat. My credit rating is fifteen. Let me ask you this from from a player point, I guess, I don't know, looking at our characters. Do we know enough to be wary? I mean, or is it uh, just like, oh, this is cool, let's see what this does. She would, because uh, Cthulhu Mythos means you've had actual contact with a real thing. Mm -hmm. Occult knowledge is no different from occult knowledge now. It might be real, it might not. We have no actual, oh. tangible proof of stuff that's gone on. So I have no Cthulhu score, and I have a, like a 15 modifier in occult, so I'm just... So well, eager to learn you, more. you would know legends, but you wouldn't know actual. Uh, Let me give you the script. Actual, the actual skill here. Open mind. Well, yeah. yeah. What I want to know is if I'm I'm smart enough to be wary of it, or if I'm just I want to learn you know, more. And you more would and more. know. You you know nothing about the Cthulhu mythos. Because I, I think that would depend on your individual character whether. Because you, you would know by legend some stuff is dangerous, but whether you choose to ignore that for the hope of of. An occult well, I saw what it did to my friend, I guess. Percentiles in occult basically means percentiles in occult basically means that you you have knowledge of ghosts, you 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 have knowledge of things that go bump in the night. Obviously, you've exhibited, and and I believe in your bio, you you've exhibited, and your father recognized it from a young age. You've exhibited uh, a, a deep fascination with the occult. So you've been attracted to things that go bump in the night. So I think for your character, and I'm not going to tell you how to play your character, sure, sure, but I, sure. I, I would I would assume that your that Ben would not only be attracted to the occult nature of these things. It's like it's like have you ever watched a a, a ghost story? And you may not necessarily uh, you may not necessarily you, you may be scared by that ghost story and instinctively repulsed, but at the same time fascinated by it. So sure, even though it scares sure. the hell out of you, like, I love zombies. Mm -hmm. And seeing a zombie rip some dude's head off scares the shit out of me, <laughs> but I still love the hell out of zombies. That's kind of how a cult is. But, but, but a cult is like redneck, and Cthulhu Mythos is like hillbilly. So, do you well, get yeah. that analogy? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to 
trying to say is that is that is that Cthulhu Mythos Cthulhu or I don't know I'm gonna be yeah. crucified for saying Cthulhu Mythos is gonna be is 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 like something that very few humans have any knowledge of the fact that if you were to mention the Necronomicon by name that that very fact disturbs you I mean when you went through oh. his notes. When you read, when, when the Necronomicon, when you saw that word, you were on a psychic level disturbed by that, that word. It's something, it's a brush with the mythos. It's a brush with something, you, that goes beyond and transcends your ability to comprehend. You so I even, want to learn about you the want occult, to know, but as yeah. soon as I get close to it, it's going to be a... Well, well you don't, you don't, don't have to be all Steve Irwin about the occult. You're just a guy... The normal guy running the nature program, you're not all Steve Irwin. Let's see how mad we can make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me get this stingray barb in my chest. No, no, you, so you could be, but not, you don't a, have to be. It's kind of an offshoot of the archaeology. If I can get people to take my science seriously by bringing in and that's, proof. Yeah. That's part of, feel free to do that. I mean, that's, Tom, that's part of developing your character. I, I, again, we're, we're probably going to have another session here because we're burning through the time right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, feel free to in, imbibe in your characters. Like, I love the fact that James is actually writing or drawing her. She's pretty hot too. <laughs> I may need to save that character sheet for later. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an extra one here. Uh, uh, <laughs> you guys are like recording. Yeah, you guys are like. Just be worried. Oh, like, that, that, that's not the worst I've heard. Oh man. <laughs> I don't even want to start repeating that. Well, this is this is like a G-rated fucking oh, session compared, compared to like frog snatch and cum shitters. <laughs> Not for safe for work. In other words, right. don't worry, I can use my Mac to edit that. So <laughs> edit. Yeah, but uh, but just according to the book, let me just give you the uh, the book. Um, occult. The user recognizes occult paraphernalia, words, and concepts, and identifies grimoires of magic and occult codes when he sees them. The occultist is familiar with families of secret knowledge <coughs> passed down from Egypt and Sumer, from the medieval and Renaissance West, and perhaps from Asia and Africa as well. Um, you, comprehending certain books may provide percentiles of occult. Some occult books are noted, blah, blah, blah. But, but basically, you know, the occult is an interest in these okay. things. You're aware of these things, but you've never, ever, in all of your interests as a child and as a young man, you've never run into the Necronomicon. You've never even heard of that. Okay, and this, just the idea of it is... Like, just the uh, idea of it is so alien to your psyche that you're like, <laughs> you know? But as a man of science, you want to know more. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you have like a spiritual seizure. You have like a spiritual... You have a spiritual stroke. You're just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about the Necronomicon. Exactly. Your spirit's warning you and telling you to cease and desist. <laughs> you know, walk yeah. away. Not only am I trying to protect... What's his name's reputation? I'm trying to protect you guys. <laughs> no, 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 don't read that. Don't look at that part. Look at this. <laughs> so, so uh, Mr. Isaacs, uh, basically after you guys, you know, basically he says, go ahead. You got six hours. I'm going to dinner tonight. Uh, I would love for the lady to attend. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says it in the most condescending and, and you know, 
assholeish way possible. Patronizing. Yeah, oh, patronizing. Like, oh, yes. well, then I'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, well, Knoxville is a small town. There's not much to do here. <laughs> oh, my bones. You even find out. Uh, there you go. Come on, James. Right, well, <laughs> you're up, damn it. Literally, I look down at him. <laughs> no candies under the table either, right? That's not going to get you any extra If it works, I mean. <laughs> you don't have to tell us what happened, just what you found out. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Ben's like whoring her house. Like, oh, suck him off. <laughs> But, uh, anyway, why didn't I say that? That's not in my job description, by the way. <laughs> so, uh. He'll kill a man, though, right? Yes. <laughs> that, yes, I'm glad with that. But he won't fire on scene. That means he's in my job description. He won't say you're the one that comes in. Yes. <laughs> he won't fire on scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, would one of you fellas be a, a, a pal and hand me that bag of mesquite BBQ chips in there? Awesome stuff. Mm. Those are good, huh? Mm hmm. Thank your gamekeeper later, fellas. Uh, no, I'm just stoked you guys actually came over and wanted to play. I hope I'm not. Uh, I've, I've up. heard a bunch of games have actually played this system before. So. How does it feel to have your call? This is like my first time playing and keepering. So, <laughs> all right. So at six thirty, he's going to meet you for dinner. It's about ten ish. We have a hotel, or you have a hotel. A nice I place. meet and talk. Mm-hmm. Nice place. You guys are all still together. You know, you guys go out and, and acquire your component gear. Um, and if you want to pick up some lady things. Uh-huh. Catch <laughs> it, shotgun. <laughs> Whatever you think will impress us. <laughs> nice. Well, daddy. <laughs> nice lifting bodice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They don't have good clothes here for women. Answer <laughs> assets. Yeah. Um, In fact, the women here probably be like, "Oh my God, this is what she's wearing." Oh, they, they, oh you probably have to have your stuff all custom done. Here. <laughs> well, you yeah, guys, you guys obviously do attract attention because of your accents um, and roll very large. Lack of accent. Everybody's not here. I'm fine. And we're clean. <laughs> and you're all yes. You're all very <laughs> large <Damn> too. <laughs> you're, all, you're all far far above average height for the. <laughs> It's like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> rolling into town. You know? Hillbilly midgets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who needs damn tall people in my town? You know what? All three of us are going to be banging our heads in the mind. <laughs> Extra helmets. Hey, Tom, don't, don't, come on, don't give me any more comments. <laughs> than I absolutely am already thinking of. Have you ever been in mine? The yes. Yeah. Mine? Oh, well, my pops, bag is small. Squeeze through that hole and close right <laughs> <laughs> My dad, who's uh, like 56 now, is the grandpa. They call him the grandpa of the coal mine. He still works in a coal mine in Virginia. And he got pneumonia last year because he was in a coal shaft that was four feet high, and two feet of it was filled with ice cold water in the winter. <laughs> so, those, and the conditions in the mines in the turn of the early 20th century, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was all the like uh, union stuff happening? And scabs far and after the, uh, far after, far in the future. <laughs> but even after that, the idea was take as much as you can out, yeah. and then start taking the pillars out. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> well, right now, because coal again is a burgeoning industry in the South right now, it's it's conditions are are bad. Yeah. Very, very yeah, bad. So, so there's kids working in the mine too. Yeah. Well. 
Can, yeah, you, I mean, you, there are kids working everywhere in the yeah. world at this point. There, you know, there, there are kids sewing. There are five-year-olds sewing soccer balls in sweatshops in New York. Uh, so you guys are aware of this. I mean, this and there's donkeys. and there's donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy one of them. The <laughs> you guys will be getting many, many donkeys, my friends. <laughs> Can we get one in particular? No. Yeah. No, we buy her. We're not cross genre <laughs> Him is multi universal. There's nothing worse than a group of old guys like us referencing our other game. You know how pathetic that's going to be when they listen to that? Those guys suck. <laughs> They just don't know. They just don't get it. They just don't, they just don't get it. And when Guy is there, it's so much better. But anyway, I digress. So, you guys go, you get your stuff. 6.30 rolls around. Uh, before 6.30, yeah. I don't know, do you recognize the symbol? Yeah, I'm going to unpack the steamer trunk and take out uh, Williams' books. Williams? Yes. Yeah. Take out his books go. and just kind of... Look at this part right here. Yeah. Like, Hang on a second. I got it. Okay. <laughs> See if I can find that symbol because I you said okay. I, I recognize yeah. it. Yeah, you recognize it. But I, I only really want to show that page. Like okay, so you show it to him, and, and you know you guys recognize the symbol. He wrote it down, and as you can see, there are lots of other writings in here. <laughs> you, you, you show the symbol, and they recognize it, and they think it's odd. But I think, in a way, too, Mr. Isaacs has been able to kind of lull you guys into a sense of, uh, I mean, right now, simply because we're talking about gear and stuff. That's, the, the impact was immediate, but it's kind of faded from your mind right now. Okay. okay. He, he, he would probably met with Mr. Isaacs before, or that symbol has some meaning relative to the area that we may want to ask a local about. Where it is written? Is there any context? Or it's just... Nope, just mad scrawls, ravings about the Melungeon. Ravings about local legends. The black so I, I say, let's, let's be, ask some of the locals about that symbol. What is what does Isaacs look like? Does he look like he might be the dark skinned, dark dyed? Nope. No. He looks of Scott Irish descent. Very fair, much like you guys. Very fair. Uh, uh, an attorney like uh, a professional man of, of letters and a lawyer in those days would most assuredly be, I hate to say it, a Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sideburns. Big, thick mustache, sideburns. So this Melungeon stuff, do you want to bring it up to him, or do you not trust him yet? Or, or you don't think he's annoying? But, but, but what I'm saying, it seems like he doesn't know much about what's going on at the actual site. So I'd say let's just wait till we get out there and talk to the actual people at the site. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, do you guys want to, you guys, I'm assuming, then agree to meet him for dinner? If we've got nothing else yeah, going I'm on. I'm going to stroll through town and see if I see anybody that looks darker skin, dark complexion. And I mean, you know... just stands out from the crowd. You know, I, I, I would say that... I would say that... Um, well, go ahead and give me a... <clears throat> go ahead and give me a... Uh, well, uh, you could do maybe a spot hidden. You could try spot hidden... Um, you could try. Give me a luck roll. Try. Give me a luck. Give me a spot hidden or a luck. You can roll on a bolt and, and see what you come up with. All of you guys can give me a luck roll. Or a spot so over here. Yeah. 
Yeah, not luck. As a matter of fact, very unlucky. 96. Uh, 13. 13. <laughs> not. Oh, oh, 08 on luck. Damn. Okay. I gotta bring my low roll on dice that I want to throw away all <laughs> the time. Some, you know? <laughs> I, get, I just need to roll on one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you make one, you're good. Right, well, this doesn't count. I just gotta test the dice. Oh, yeah, nice. see, all yeah. three. I'm using these. So, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you do spot out. I mean, obviously, there are black people. Obviously, there are Chinese people. Obviously, there are people of different ethnicities. However, you don't know much about the Melungeon. You, do you share the, the what the the writings you find talk about Melungeon? Talk about they're like buzzwords. Melungeon, uh, that that. That line that I had, sorry, I have to refer back my, you know, in the mountains of madness, deep beneath the earth, the king who shall not be named. Uh, in another note, there is an unnamed king who sleeps in a black bowl beneath the earth. So, yeah, so these, without these, showing the notes, I think. Yeah, these, 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 these phrases are They're jumping out on us. Yeah, yeah and but this, I wrote down, Melungeon and people are from a different, different racial background. Yeah. Uh, Knoxville is still is still racially diverse enough to where you can't narrow down. This is a Melungeon. It just could be some Spanish guy. Yeah. Could be, yeah. Now, um, in the poem, since the wife uh, recited it, for us, uh, the last word, Holly. Holly, yes. Do I know what? Do we know what that is? You or? don't. You've never heard of this. Is Holly, where the man, magic dragon came from. The land of Holly. <laughs> that would be a funny ass reference. <laughs> If that's in, because I'm taking this off as a Cthulhu creature. Yes, <laughs> that would be scary. That's truly that is a fucking disturbing thought. That makes that disturbs me far more than this game. Writing this game disturbs me. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we gotta copyright that, Jason. It's, it's on a <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that song is a warning to all the people. Yes, <laughs> do not worship. No, it's like worship, Smoke me. It was a you know, PR campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, he, is, he is an insidious man. You know, it used to be Cthulhu beat up all Mary. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. He's got a spin the spin advantage, right? Yeah, exactly. He's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's a new soccer yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He wants a soul, soul devouring. He's doing know. an album all in xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let me get let me get control of you guys. Okay, so so you guys meet. You guys decide to meet uh, Mr. Isaacs for dinner. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that we put that to rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he meets you guys for dinner. Pretty nice restaurant, you know. Uh, for example, the meal, a, the nice four course meal of the period, probably cost you about five bucks at a very upscale place. Um, he gives you. Through the course of conversation, he offers up a couple of tidbits here, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and kind of summarize these. He, he has some basic knowledge of the area around Blackstreet, and he says that for years, local residents have reported strange sounds emanating from the woods. Now, he hasn't personally heard them. He's just heard the old wives' tales, like my mama told me when I was growing up paints and ghosties lived in the Ndar woods. You know, he kind of lapses into a, into a dialect. Paints? Paints, yeah, that's an actual term. H apostrophe A-I-N-T-S. Yeah, that's from the cold region up where I'm from. Paints. Paints and ghosties. 
Oh, I, I was always at the end of the sentence. That's yeah. Yes. Hates and ghosties. That's he uses those terms. That it's it's strange to your ears. You, you, you you're like, okay. Uh, local legends concern the Melungeon people and critically their belief in a king. Now, he believes that the king is a reference <coughs> to Christ as the king. As all good upstanding people of this time yes. should. <laughs> yes. And and, and he, he points to the fact that the king, that, that perhaps David was referencing the king as a... It, that's probably my phone. That's mine. Oh, is it your phone? <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> Uh, he, he's, refer he's, re he's referencing the king as an allusion to maybe Christ, the kingly, you know, the kingly kingdom of, of Christ. Um, the the locals tend to the locals tend to feel that the Melungeon, when they reference the king, are trying to say we're more godly than you are, we're more religious. They um, think the king is Melungeon. Well, the Melungeon speak of a legend of a king. And the as, as, the, as a king, as our yeah. king. Okay. And 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 the locals, the the locals have always felt that the Melungeons felt like we're superior because we're more Christian. Than ah, I see. Okay. Um, a local mining accident did result in the death in the past. When this was was when the Black Steep Mine Number One first opened up, people were killed. But mining Class safety. Uh, he doesn't know the details. He knows that people were killed, bodies were never recovered. He said, you know, he mentions that's a normal occurrence. These these mines is an imperfect science at this point. Technology and, and techniques. Though people have been mining since the uh, 18th century, the techniques aren't foolproof. And, and things like black gas and uh, all kinds of dangers and crawling deep beneath the earth and getting stuck there and not and unfortunately, business types don't see the need for scientists as much as they should. Nor do they see the need for safety, especially <laughs> when labor is cheap in these days. <coughs> Mr. Isaacs does smugly, very, very smugly, and very, very glibly reiterates the virtues of the Black Steep Mining Corporation, the fact that they took great care of these families. None of these families want for anything. Like we took care of them. We're, we're a progressive... They're a progressive corporation of gentlemen, and they would never let, they would never exploit their workers like that. Their families were taken care of. All right, now that makes me instantly suspicious, given my uh, distrust of. You can be a psychologist. Yes, I think there's something going on there. I think that's the way it should be. He believes what he's saying. Yeah. So he and, and you guys. Yeah, I'm suspicious. I still think something something. Well, going you on established a pretty good relationship with. I mean, you guys yeah. can all give me psychology roles or some sort of role that. Okay. Yes. Well, then I'll, I'll believe he believes that, but I, I think with my uh, wow, the boy, so I was kicked out of the, the military. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't trust. The well, that's so that I just finally got there, James. I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, okay. you're like, well, that's so awesome. What? Also, yeah, they're not civilians, they're terrorists. Shoot! <laughs> he, he does also acknowledge the fact that Cults the... Cults don't count as civilians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're combatants. Uh, he does acknowledge the fact that the state governments of uh, Tennessee and Virginia have gotten behind big coal in a big way. Of course. Um, 
He does acknowledge your reputation as a geologist and as an archaeologist of considerable skill and some note. Um, he has advised the Blackstein Village Council um, of, of your skill and of your unique talents. Thank you. Um, David encouraged that perception. Um, David did mention to him if he should disappear to contact you. If he should disappear? If he should disappear. Were those his words? Yes. Was this something mentioned beforehand or partway through? Do you think anything he expected anything? David struck me as a troubled man. How so? He seemed out of sorts. Did you get much chance to know him? We had correspondence. I, I, uh, I mean, I face to face? Yes, yeah, so I, I met him. Um, did you he, notice any changes in his behavior? Or you weren't I didn't know him that well. He seemed a bit out of sorts. He seemed uh, a bit a bit frayed. It can happen with academic focus. It's That's all he says to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he says to you. He says he seems a bit frayed. He seemed a bit frayed. Now, life can stress all of us at times. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When he came down here and met with you, did he? who did he have with him? Uh, a rather large, surly gentleman. Okay. A uh, gentleman by the name of Theodore. And he had a, a black fellow, a Negro with him. I presume his servant. A gentleman by the name of Frederick. Neither of these two gentlemen, surly gentlemen, nor, nor the black or negro gentlemen, that would be period speaking at the time, uh, neither the surly gentleman nor the negro gentleman offered their last names. Uh, I assumed that the negro gentleman was his porter. Um, and and they I, are both missing as well. Yes. Uh, did, did he have <coughs> a local guide like uh, we are going to be provided? or? Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, actually, in fact, Mr. Palmer Skeens was his guide to Blackstone. Well, make a note to talk to him about that. All right. Uh, now, I want everybody to give me a sanity check. Get sick of these already. <laughs> <laughs> You roll, uh, James, roll a 1d6 divided by 2. That's how many sanity you <laughs> Add that to your Cthulhu Mythos skill. Oh, no, I got I'll explain that here in a second. Add a point to your Cthulhu Mythos skill, Jason. One point. Because you lost, a, you, you'll lose a point even if you successfully made the sanity check. Uh, roll a d6 divided by 2. <laughs> oh, Jesus! You lose two sanity, and you give me, or and you get to go ahead and add two to your Cthulhu Mythos skill. Because what, what Bruce, what Mr. Isaac says to you disturbs you, to say the least. After you guys have your conversation, Mr. Isaac smiles, and his smile is almost. 
a caricature of a smile. It's like a uh, kind of like a Cheshire cat smile, very large. And he says, "I'm going to be attending a play tonight. Would you guys be interested in seeing? It's it's a new production. It's very modern. Something that you you northern fellows and you northern ladies might enjoy. It's called Our Terrible King, Brave and Undying. Would you like to see that with me?" And at the words, at that, at when he says that, you feel, you guys lost sanity, and you lost sanity, you feel an immediate and palpable, palatable sense of revulsion and dread. You're just like, whoa, this is fucking weird. So he says, he, he says, and he smiles even wider as, as you guys kind of are sitting there in stunned silence. He kind of looks at you and he says, well... Would you like to attend? I'm afraid I'll have to decline. Theater was never my thing. <coughs> it, it's a bit too highbrow for, for my taste, I'm afraid fair to say. Enough, fair enough, Mark. Am I familiar, am I familiar with that? The only, you're, the only way that you're familiar with it is that it causes an immediate sense of dread. You want to go ahead and give me a no roll. of sanity. Oh, you lose three points of sanity, but in this short of time, yeah, uh, cumulatively, you do develop a temporary insanity. <laughs> yes. All right. It's five in a game hour, or one-fifth of your total in so, a single roll, I believe. So let me explain what you... You feel... I mean, at this point, Angie feels... Incredible! Yes, you, you feel sick to your stomach. You feel psychically; it feels as if something has grabbed your psychic sensibilities and has split them apart. You you feel an immediate disconnect with a complete surreal experience. You feel like you're going insane, and you do develop a temporary insanity. You didn't order the fish, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, we learned that lesson. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, James, and roll a 1d10. Nine. 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 Oh. I'm a saddle rage? <laughs> Strange eating desire. Now, you can go ahead and yeah, tell me what... Nice you're, 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 yeah, you're at the restaurant. All of a sudden, you d you develop this... Uh, uh, I can't go. I, you know, actually, I have a... I, I want to eat some... Uh, <laughs> you can go uh, ahead and... You, it's got to be strange, but you, I'll let you go ahead and tell strange. me what you... Uh, uh, do they have a... Uh, what would be uh, something weird... To, to local uh, some, of the, some, of the, some of the things are dirt, slime, cannibalism, etc. Toads, frogs. <laughs> what, what, what's the most loathsome thing you can think of eating that wouldn't kill you? Uh, uh, anything that's an insect. Okay, <laughs> so, so all of a sudden you just, you, you like, when you feel that break, you, order, you ask for some weird thing. Okay. And, and, and Mr. Isaacs looks at you and he kind of, he kind of chuckles. And then the 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 waiter that it, this is totally temporary, so this will go away. Uh, the waiter is like, he's just like, oh, what the? He's just like, my, uh, he's like, my lady, the. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, he just looks at you, just completely shocked, like, what? 
All right, and, I try to cover. Well, <laughs> and you guys, you guys are likewise shocked by the seemingly, well, the seemingly. I'm disturbed. Yeah, I, I mean, she, uh, I can't go. I can't go. Angie, yeah, Angie, <laughs> Angie, call, Angie calls off the calls it off and says, "I can't go." I, I, you know, you and and you're instantly like, you know, what's going on? Because she seems visibly. Disturbed. Go ahead and uh, why don't why don't you uh, why don't you guys well why don't Ben why don't you give me a psychology check because I want I, you 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 kind of look at her. Yeah, not oh, five. Oh no, fifty. Oh, it's over. Yeah. Okay. What's your psychology? Twenty-five. Oh. Well, you look. You kind of uh, Martin. Why don't you give me a psychology check? Oh five. I think Angie's a little too out of it at this point, like trying to. Eighty-seven. You guys, she you guys a crazy broad. What does yeah. this roll for? To find out if we know what's what, going on. Basically, you you look at her and then you look back at Mr. Isaac's. Both of you guys to try and glean some sort of some sort of Positive. something. So yeah, what, what's he like thinking? Positive. Yeah. Right. yeah, you're just kind of like, what's going on? And he just he all you can see is that he seems to be visibly amused at at Angela's, uh, you know, stressed condition right now. He's kind of. He's kind of laughing it off, like, oh, you stupid woman. Yeah. All right, I kicked him under the table. No, I told her to go for it, but this is a really kind of weird foreplay. <laughs> so, so I take it you guys don't want to go to the play, then? I, I think I'd better escort our friend back to the hotel room. She, she seems a bit out of sorts. Okay. What about you, Ben? I, I almost wanted to I go. I wanted to go, but... <laughs> I, can, I can watch after her. You, you can go well, see the Well, realistically like. speaking, if the relationship between you and Miss Deacon is more than... It, it's a functional relationship, but you care for her, and seeing her visibly temporary insanity is not something that happens to everybody. And okay, and, yeah, but I, I mean, before that happened, I was like, "Well, King, it's got—it's part of research. I got to go, even though it's." I think I, I, I think it might be disgusting. I might want to look into it, but I'm going to go right. ahead and I, I hate to do this, but as a <laughs> no, keeper, right. as a keeper, I have to say, you know, that 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 from a role from from a keeper's point of view. The, I mean, sure, you can if if you are if you really want to go, I'll, I'll let yeah, I'll give you. No, I'm not you with trust Martin. You, you can you hire him. He can. I'm willing to look after the, the young lady. Once well, you come getting, back, getting a, an idea of what this losing sanity points means to yeah. me. So if you think it's it's probably no, more no, realistic, you, no, no, I no, it's 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 completely free will. It's completely free will, Todd. If you'd like to attend the play, I I can. Well, I mean, and just I mean, what what she said was just so. Out there that it, I, I don't, I was not taking it seriously. Okay. I, I just I didn't get the joke or something. Yeah. I don't think from our character's perspective there that there, there was enough to that we would realize something is gone. She's suddenly for no apparent reason gone. I'd like to eat some Maybe she's trying to get away from him and trying to discuss them. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I don't know. So do you want to go? Yeah, I want to go. Okay. So I don't want to go, but I'm going to go. Okay, so you go, you guys go back I'm to I'm going to take her back to the hotel room and try and watch after her. So you adjourn for the night. Yeah, you're. I, I try to make sure she doesn't oh, kill herself. You just like. Oh, God. Maybe we can fight yeah. spiders. Uh, I, I try to keep the Renfield action to a minimum. <laughs> you wake up the next morning. I don't even get to know what's going on in the fight. You wake up the next morning. You're in the play. Okay. You have no idea what happened. It's like you. It was like you. Did were I drunk. take any notes? Nope. It was like you were drunk. It, imagine, imagine. You know, have you ever been really, really intoxicated where you agreed? You you remember the last thing you remember is saying, "Yeah, let's yeah, go." And you, you guys, 
you, you know, he, Mr. Isaacs embraced you as like a, in the good, good old buddy fashion, and you guys, and you remember accompanying him out the door. And then it was like, it was like you entered into this kind of like drunken stupor, this haze where you don't remember what happened. Do I have a playbill or anything no, on me? Or? you have nothing on you. Checking for tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. All right, you, that's weird. You, you just, it's an absolute blank. You, you don't know. Was you, I drinking at dinner? Did you guys notice? Were you? Were you drinking at dinner? You I don't no, think I was. You can ask them. That's what I'm asking. I, I imagine no, nothing heavy. Probably some light wine or, or, or something to go with the dinner, but... Brandy. Yeah. You, you know what just occurs to me? They brew their own stuff down here. Maybe we ought to take that into consideration before we order anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, was some, it was some personal uh, stock rather than commercial. The combination of the fish and the, the <laughs> heat and the homebrew. So it's a mystery. It's a mystery. I need to apologize to Mr. Isaacs for whatever might happen. <laughs> wow. It was so bad you forgot about it. <laughs> well, did I like it? <laughs> the next day, we'll just call it the next day. And the next day, Mr. Isaacs meets you guys, and, and he kind of laughs and chuckles and said, an interesting night. I said, I had an interesting night with you. I have to apologize for any of my behavior. Oh, he, 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 he. Roundly clapped you on the back. Oh, it was nothing, good boy. <laughs> that is totally out of character for me. That's not, and that's not no, think nothing of it. Not who I am. Think I, nothing I, of I, it. I know. I know you professional types don't like <laughs> to have your your credibility and your 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 uh, how shall we say grip. What did you think of the second act? <laughs> when you ask him that, he says, funny enough, he said, the second act is where everyone goes mad. Is that, uh, what do you think that says about, about was it a comment on society or, or this new art stuff, I just can't wrap my head he, around. Uh, he, just, he just says that's the beauty of the play, it's open to interpretation. Well, maybe when it comes to New York, we'll have to... I heard it's coming to New York in, in, in several months. What's maybe the name of it again? It's called this Our Terrible King, Brave and Undying. <laughs> this time I'm flipping out my journal in front of him and writing it down, taking notes, in he case just, it happens again. He just laughs and he says it's called <laughs> Our Terrible King, Brave and Undying. And he says, yes, uh, the, this particular troupe of actors will be coming to New York. Perhaps you can actually catch the play again and pay attention to the second act. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, again, I apologize. He just, he says, shall we, shall we take care of business? Shall we attend to business now, gentlemen and gentle ladies? Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're confused. You're like, what? You're like... <laughs> I think Martin is probably the only one out of the three right now that has kind of a, that's kind of like coherent at this point. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you're wondering what you did in a drunken bender. Is she still recovering from a, whatever it was she ate last night? So, so he, he, he agrees to take you guys to breakfast. Um, you guys have small chit chat. He's very busy. I have to go and attend to 
the matters of my company and my clients. I don't have time to, to talk. Uh, Mr. Skeens uh, will meet you tomorrow morning, and I will come to pick you up, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the day to explore Knoxville. Um, there are several libraries, or, or there's a major public library, beautiful building. Um, you may want to talk to the locals. You may want to maybe... I, I don't know what you may want to do. Maybe you want to spend a day and afternoon relaxing. I know that the journey must have been long and difficult. Um, you've only been in town for a day. Perhaps you want to recharge. Um, I don't think you would use the term recharge. That's strictly Do I remember what I might have known? That oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you, your, your mind touched something that you that you don't feel like you've ever touched before. You glimpsed something that was so strange and so alien that literally your, your I guess, sixth sense short-circuited. It, it basically refused to operate. You touched, it would be like, imagine, as a Cthulhu reference, imagine touching the wet, pulsing tentacle of some immense beast that you can't see. That's what your mind touched. Okay. Some Geiger-esque drawing of something that you 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 can't even begin to conceptualize. Your 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 third eye, your 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 psychic mind, was just blown out by the experience, and hence your your temporary insanity where you just went, you know. But but you do get an <clears throat> inkling, and that's why you could do the mythos statistic has been raised. Because you did touch something so alien. What are you up to? About 16 right now? Yeah. Um, your mind did touch something so alien, so beyond the pale of, of, of what you have experienced that you're starting to feel that something is not right. But you guys are in. You're contractually yeah, obligated. Yeah, like, I think I'm having second thoughts about this. <laughs> but, you know... It all seems fairly ordinary to me so far. <laughs> a bit creepy, maybe, but... Eh. <laughs> a bit creepy, but... I don't understand art. I <laughs> <laughs> no, never did that. <laughs> that's why I didn't go to the... You party. don't understand good art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why... Martin's like, that's why I didn't go to that fucking play. <laughs> I was trying to get some... Out of it, but... I was trying to get some off of the tall, crazy, extremely beautiful woman last night <laughs> who passed out when, uh, yeah. after yeah. eating grasshoppers. Yes. Yeah, right, 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 for fifth grasshopper, I, I figured no. Uh, yeah, but then the lightning bugs came out. Smile <laughs> 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 in the dark. <laughs> so, uh, so. I'm, I think you guys are kind of know where I'm steering you when I mentioned the library. Yes, um, there are several things I would like to research. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and uh, talk about what you guys, how you guys want to spend your your day here in in, uh, in Knoxville, and then we've got a short section before we wrap up scene two. And I don't know if you guys want to call it a night, but if you don't, um, I, I can stay up. I just need a chance to stop the recorder, swap out a new SD card, and then we can resume with scene three. But Let's just talk about real quick. We've got about 20 minutes left here on this SD card. What you guys want to do in, in Knoxville? Um, well, I, I think I, I would want to see if they have any uh, more local maps available in the local library since I'm the, the 
wilderness guy. Okay, you do obtain some local maps. The local maps are are very similar to the maps that you've obtained in New York City. Again, lots of colloquial references to towns that may or may not exist. Or that possibly, in all actuality, do exist, but don't exist by those colloquial nicknames. Um, do you guys want to talk to people about Black's Deep? Do you want to, do you want to approach? How far away is it? Black's Deep is, I believe, roughly 110 miles. Uh, oh, so this is not a, a casual... This is gonna somebody be, doesn't come into town from there very often. Not very often. Let me just give you a basic... I'm just going to go ahead and draw a rough... How are we going to get there? Uh, Mr. Skeens, uh, Mr. Isaacs has indicated that Helmer Skeens, Mr. Skeens is going to be your guide to Blackstone. You're going to have to take we a horse wagon. wagon. Uh, basically, here's a really rough map here. This is Tennessee. This is Knoxville. This area, this area right here, is, and you know all the way up through there is, is basically Appalachia. Black's Deep, as you know it, is somewhere in there. It's about, Mr. Isaacs indicates that it's going to be about a four to five day, well, not that long, about, about a four day, three to four day journey to, to Black's Deep. Um, Traveling eight hours a day, 60 miles a day, or, or not, not eight hours a day. Well, you, you guys would be covering a little less than that in the course of life. Probably about. 40-ish miles. How, um, how big is the library? Uh, it's 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 not as big as the libraries in New York City. It's 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 a fair size. It's a library that you find that you'd expect in a smallish city. Uh, it's it's a it's an edifice made of you know red brick, uh, nice white marble columns out in the front, kind of that southern kind of plantation style. Um, modest, but not you know it's not a Freaking outhouse with a couple books and <laughs> I'll, I'll probably stick with one of these guys. So I don't know what you guys do. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how how we would do research in a library. It's not like checking the microfiche. Well, we'll just like say that, we'll so. just say your library use skill represents your ability to pull together information from various sources. Uh, librarian, it's periodicals, library, yeah, right? <laughs> periodicals, perhaps. Library use does indicate social interactions with various patrons that that are in the library. We'll just go ahead and call library use a blanket skill for several different skill sets that your investigator. Okay, so I'm looking for uh, cultural uh, groups all right. going all the way back to Indians. So let's 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 give me some library use skill checks. After the maps, I'm also going to check any local legends. Okay, that would probably fall under the library use. And then once you've given, if you give me a successful library use, give me a successful occult skill, and I'll give you a little more information. Okay, I got a 12 out of Or and you can roll your Cthulhu Mythos if you want. I couldn't find any. Chances of rolling, yeah. I did pass my library skill. Okay. 31 again. I made my occult roll. Okay. Uh, we got a 12 out of 65, which is... 12 out of 65 is damn nice, yes. And I'm not surprised I couldn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an occult skill. Uh, that's so, no. No. 
so let, me, let me tell you the facts. Let me let me give you what you do find um, in the library. Uh, this is what you find. James or, or Angie, you will find a different set in addition, and we can mitigate in that because you guys will find that. Uh, most local mining accidents, you, you, you pull together some information about mining accidents and mining practices. Most local mining accidents are attributed to malfunctioning equipment or black gas uh, from methane deposits trapped in these mines that kill miners instantly. That's the canary in the coal mine. Canary in the coal mine. Black gas is an odorless, uh, soundless, quick way of dying. Hits, hits the miners, the miners drop dead. Uh, rescue of my, me, rescue of mine workers who were attacked or who were killed by black gas, especially at the turn of the century, was very very dangerous. So most of the time they leave the bodies in place and seal off that mine um, to prevent further casualties. Yes, when they leave. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the paper reports that the BMC uh, mine number one was plagued with reports of methane deposits, Mr. Isaacs didn't tell you that per se. That's what the local, or or, or the the paper says that the local mines in the area are plagued with methane deposits and that miners die frequently, and that some of them are never recovered. So the mine, the local area is just based on its on its uh, geology. You can kind of infer from its geology that the that it, it's plagued. By methane gas, by black gas, and that that was common amongst most mines. Uh, methane also makes mines prone to hazardous explosions. Explosions are present, um, and the papers also confirm that uh, financial contri contributions on a few different mining companies, on behalf of a few different mining companies, to uh, military industrial complex, the local authorities. They get their politicians hired, they get their cops hired, they get their military hired. They basically pay off people to operate carte blanche in whatever region they operate. So Bruce might be running this town. Or Bruce or the people he represents. He represents are most likely He represents a, a, a consortium, a one consortium out of several of them. The occult Check. You find you you find some very strange tomes um, in the library. Things that reference the Melungeon. Hey Ben, look at these. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> the Melungeon people claim to be a Portuguese African. You would find the sheep in that She got them. Yes. <laughs> they look in here. <laughs> The Melungeon people claim to be of Portuguese, African, Indian, and Arab descent. Um, the Melungeon people are feared by their neighbors as being practitioners of magic, superstition. They're called gypsies. They are, it's insinuated that they'll curse you if you get on their bad side. They're shunned universally, shied away from. People don't like them, and they don't want them in their communities. Much akin to kind of the gypsy of um, local Melungeon families are very, very secretive. Even more secretive than their, you know, non-Melungeon counterparts. Um, they're closed off to outsiders as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're very, very secretive. 
Some local towns in eastern Tennessee and southwest Virginia are believed to have the largest concentration of Melungeon populations in the United States. Some communities are entirely Melungeon. That's kind of a weird phenomenon mm -hmm. when you take into account the you know, racial profile, the racial strata of a particular community. That one community would be composed entirely of a distinct, unique racial group. You find that kind of odd. Um, and that's, that's, that's about it. Uh, that's, that's about what you find on the Melungeon there in terms of the occult. You know, uh, there's really not much more information in, in, in the public library, but, but it is strange. Strange enough to kind of pique your interest because it's not really mentioned. Uh, we'll say you do mention the Melungeon to the librarians and the people that you talk with in the course of your library research. Very, very mum, very like, what are you talking about? These you we don't we don't want to deal with these people. What kind of tones are these anyway? They're not mythos tones. Uh, I mean but like who published them or anything. Just 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 strange authorless, <laughs> mysterious no books. Yeah. Just what irregular typefaces, <laughs> things that are kind of that's why they're a cult. They're kind of remarkable in that they don't have typefaces, they don't have authors. the The accounts are written in strange kind of like self-referencing <laughs> dialogue. Very, very weird. Very weird. Very strange. Um, so you guys spend your day doing that. We'll just go ahead and say that that all of that interaction takes burns out a whole day. I, I, even if we don't find anything, I want to spend time looking for Holly. Okay, yeah. you find no references to Holly anymore. It, you you can't even you as a linguist. You know you have, you're familiar with Asiatic languages. Um, you go. Why don't you give me a Why don't you give me a, a other language Japanese roll there? What do you got? Forty one. Go ahead and roll there. Nope. You you know you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it and you find no. Yeah, there's no real. Uh, doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, uh, Mr. Isaac meets you with Mr. Skeens, and uh, you guys start packing up your gear. He has a wagon. He has a couple uh, mules. Uh, he gives you guys, outfits you guys with a couple of horses, a horse for each of you. Obviously, the lady's going to be riding side saddle, so that's going to slow you down a little bit. Because it would be very uncoming, unbecoming of a lady to ride. Oh, come on. Yeah. Why don't we get out of city limits? She, <laughs> even, even Mr. Skeens would be like, she's straddling the horse. This uh, is very... Uh, <laughs> is there a wagon? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, you could ride them. Well, the, the wagon's packed with supplies. It's a flatbed wagon. It's, it's got all of your gear and luggage and all of that stuff in there. Um, all These the rest considerations when traveling with a woman. We've already planned ahead for this. <laughs> All the rest of you. Like I'm a man, just like a man. <laughs> <laughs> you do have the size for being a man, <laughs> but you are very. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You are kind of built like Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you're a strangely attractive, very tall man. Yes. With an incredible sex. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so why don't you guys? Give me a spot hidden roll. Jesus. Stupid <laughs> dice. Exactly, again. <laughs> you, nope, you spot hidden? Yes. 
You lose a point of sanity. Oh, man, was... You lose a point of sanity. <laughs> I'm gonna use the die roll. Roll, roll a d6. Watch me go homicidal rating. <laughs> I get the bugs ready for you. Divide by two. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be what? Two points. Two. Or, yeah, three points. Three points, I'm sorry. You guys see the same sigil carved into Helmer Skeen's hand in the exact same place that you saw carved into Mr. Bruce I was, looking, I, want, I was looking at everyone's hands because it specifically... It disturbs you. Yeah, I, I want to... Again, it, it seems... Especially you, Martin. Yeah. You guys are you guys are taken aback. It, it's one point of sanity loss means that you're... You're mildly disturbed by it. You're not. You're not like oh. You're not quaking in fear. But it, it's weird. You but feel. I don't trust weird. anyone with that. So. Yeah. Uh, you, well, however, I think me especially. Anybody with that symbol is getting uh, some hard looks from me. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you're starting because they they told you about this stuff. You know, you kind of they kind of told you their feelings. And when you see it, it hits you. It, it's like, boom! It hits you. You're like, holy shit! This is strange stuff we're in right now. But. But you're contractually obligated now. Well, I don't trust <laughs> uh, I think and I'm you want to find your friend. You, That's right. Yeah. And it's... now that you're accepting money, and you know that that money is going back to Professor Williams' wife, you'd be at very loath to call oh, off no. your. I'm gonna do it. I, I wanna try to. I'm gonna ask Mr. Skeens if I could take a picture of him, but try to make sure I can, you know. Give me a yeah. yeah. Give me give me a. He he. Mr. Skeens. Let, let me just describe Mr. Skeens. Mr. Skeens is not happy with his job right now. He does not like you guys. That is clearly evident. He does not like Yankees. He does not like outsiders. He is not excited by the fact that he has to lead three more northerners into the mountains and take them where they're not wanted. He makes no bones about his dislike and distaste for you guys. He he is being paid well, but he, he just resents the hell out of having to bring more people in. And he's very, very secretive. You notice, go ahead and, uh, well, this is pretty readily apparent. You study his face. You notice he has very dark hair, very dark eyes, uh, a larger nose than what you'd find on a Caucasian, very dark skin complexion. His hair is almost like, uh, it's very long and black and kind of curly, and, and it's very... It, it's it's remarkable in that he does not look like any one particular. He doesn't look Caucasian, but he has he has some of the traits. He doesn't look Indian, but he has some of the traits. He doesn't look African American, but he has some of the traits. He doesn't look uh, Asiatic, but he has some of the traits. He looks like a mix between all of these races in a pronounced way that you guys find kind of remarkable and and find remarkable for that time period because is there some kind of skill for just you know trying to get on his good side yeah, yeah go ahead and, um you can give me uh you can give me uh well, you're gonna do something for I, might take a picture. Might take a picture. I would look i would uh i would go ahead and give me a uh let me see you may not be the guy for this Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, manipulation skills. So you could give me a, you could give me a psychology. You could give me a. Take a look at the list of skills. You have psychology. Uh, I think you have. Um, uh, 
persuade. You could try and attempt to give me a persuade. You can psychoanalysis takes some time to do. You could do psychology. You could do. I persuade. Go with psychology because I have it. So okay. I, I would try to. Uh, yeah, tell me kind of how this guy like and try to like what he likes, etc. You know that the psychology. I'm sorry, it, it does suck that you had to come out all your way, and I apologize for this. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Thirty-nine, which is <laughs> just over. He he just you know he 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 kind of looks at you, kind of regards you with just an open contempt, and he said, "I'll you know I'll pack your bags." I'll load your, I'll load your bags. I'll lead you up there, but I don't want to be your friend, and I don't want you in my town, and I don't, I don't want, you know, I, I, I don't want to deal with this. We've, I've already gone through this with some other fancy Yankees that wanted to come up, and we're getting paid better than what most of the people who live in Blackstreet will make in a year. I don't want to deal with you too. So Fair he's enough. he's very he's very adamant about that, and he looks at you and he says, you know, he just he like looks at you and looks like right around you, you know. He's like, this fucking guy is trouble. <laughs> because you're talking, I'm, I'm gonna wear I'm wearing my guns openly yeah. now. I, well, I know why I'm doing you you I'm watching you. You wouldn't pack. You wouldn't be able to wear your rifle openly, and, and you probably. Oh, as soon as we're out of town yeah. in the wilderness. You, it would be your your rifle is a is a is a combat weapon. It would be very unwieldy to wear on your person. I mean, you march, you could march with it, but if you're on a horse, it's probably not going to be too comfortable to wear. So you could you could have it in the saddle, or you could have it in a sheath, and, yeah. and presumably you jury rig something so that you something have something nearby. Yeah, but you can you can pack you can wear Actually, your yeah, weapon. This is where you can I wear your, your weapon. Well, not openly. Well, I'll, you could, you could it, still, yeah. you, you would probably be wearing your weapon once you moved into the back country. Angie, if you purchased some sort of, you purchased a shotgun, right? We'll go ahead and say you bought a sheath for that. You could, you could you're not going to be wearing it on your person, but it would be on your horse. Okay. Um, so he knows that you guys are healed. He's, he's carrying, a, he's carrying a rather large caliber revolver himself. So it's, it's a pretty, it's understood that everybody in, in the group is carrying weapons. Is he right-handed or left-handed? He's right-handed. And is a tattoo on his right hand or left? Yes, all in the right hand. Okay, so I'm gonna ask if, if I could take a picture of him, you know, and if he could hold the, the pistol. Yeah, you would love it. He, he, even though he is, he, you're non-existent. Oh, he man. thinks you're an asshole. He still likes a good-looking oh, woman. Right, not, I'm not trying to be personal either. Does I'm not calling you an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather you right. do that and call me a good-looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> I bet you our neighbors are like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> it's like four dudes in there. Why are they talking about a good-looking woman? He, as much as he is, is you know, grumpy and surly, he still is like, all right, with you know. Okay. So go ahead, uh, give me a uh, photography skill. If you want to go ahead and throw a persuade check in there too, or any other sort of social skill that you may think pertains to that. None of them is really. And you could go ahead and toss one in there. Just uh, no. Okay. Uh, fast talk. You can do a fast talk. Yeah, you can try to fast talk them into uh, saying, getting them to model for you. Yeah, I don't keep for the journal. Yeah. Huh. A guy. Actually, this guy. Uh, no. You could give me an app times, let's call it an app times three. Okay. 
first lady he's seen, not his cousin. Yes, I made that one. Okay, so, you know, you're obviously, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're a good-looking woman. <laughs> you, you go up and you, you close his hand, you know. Yeah, and so you I get, get that nice, yeah. nice tattoo shot. So that'll give me a photography check. Well, I'm going to have to take several photos, I'm pretty sure. So go ahead and... Each each additional photo you take will be at a negative ten percentile modifier if you want to take multiple. So so your second photo will be at a negative ten. Your third photo will be at a negative twenty. Okay, well I made the second. Okay, so so the first photo you don't get it. And he's kind of like, come on, come on, let's go. Yeah. So you get another photo. It takes you a while. You get another photo. So you can go ahead and you know record that if you like as a photo um, that you that you've taken. And uh, you guys set out, and that is the end of scene two. So just as a quick uh, out of character here, let me uh, stop the recording here. Play button here, and we are back. Alrighty, so. We have all died and rolled a new character. That's right. So, so as as Mr. Isaacs uh, had said, it's about a three day trip uh, from from uh, Knoxville. And again, I'll draw my little crew map here from Knoxville to Blacksteep, big hills. Skeens have all his teeth. Skeens does not have all of his teeth. Skeens, you know those teeth that you can buy in the, uh, in the, the stores? The vending, <laughs> yeah, the fake. I hate, to, I hate to be a bad stereotype, but that's kind of what Mr. Skeens' teeth looks like. Okay. Uh, he's also very into that kind of, there you go, really mountainous, uh, very mountainous when you get into this area. Knoxville's kind of sitting at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, Mr. Skeens really doesn't have many teeth left, and his breath is not so pleasant. He likes to, he's fond of chewing tobacco. Uh, he's, he's very curt. You notice, one thing you guys do notice is that he doesn't like to interact with you guys, and obviously he's not too hot to try. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. And you know, I figure I failed once, I might as well just keep trying. <laughs> hey, go, yeah, I mean, if you'd like to try a new tag. You can try a psychoanalysis uh, role on him, or, or a psychology role. You can just keep chipping away. I mean, how do you guys... I don't have psychoanalysis. I mean, if, even if you have a base percentile on it, you can, you can try it. I, I, I'm open to hear how you guys are thinking about how you maybe want to approach skiings, you know, that the first day you guys are, are, you get packed up, you start to make your way through the foothills uh, into kind of the, you get about 40 miles, uh, you're, you're just at the border town of, of uh, or just at the border of the foothills of the Appalachians and the hills themselves, and you can see these mountains rising um, in the distance. Uh, you do encounter little small towns along the way, little, as I described before, uh, towns that are literally two, uh, a dirt street with 14 houses total, seven on each side, with grubby, very poor looking children sitting on the front porch, very dilapidated accommodations. Uh, Skeens talks to no one. And, and 
you guys kind of notice that nobody talks to Mr. Steens either. He, he doesn't wave. Most of the locals are fairly friendly. The kids wave, the people wave. They, you clearly know that you guys are not from around there. Um, so what does he do when he's not? Do you want to? Yeah. What do you What do you do what? when you're not forced to truck the train, truck the Yankees into the backwoods? Uh, well, I mean, first, I, I would say you're going to have to give me some sort of role there, a psychology role or maybe an app times three. I mean, he's he's very, uh, he's just very yeah apprehensive about it. He doesn't want to talk to you, basically. He just wants to get you there, and he wants you to shut up. Okay, now I'm just going to keep psychology. We're going to have a breakthrough sooner okay. or later. We're just going to keep going at it. Uh, 25, right on the nose. Oh, you, you make a psychology role? Yeah. Okay, so psychology role basically tells you that he he know, doesn't like he doesn't like yeah. 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 I mean he's uh, he, he tells me why he doesn't like yeah. he, he does not he does not like you. You you can tell that he's very apprehensive about interacting with you. He does mention the fact that his family uh, do they own a little sundry store. He he works for his uncle and his aunt at this little sundry store in Blackstreet. Um, but that's about all you get out of him out of the first day. He really doesn't want to talk to you. You know, he just kind of gives you very short. Shut up. Okay. Um, he Follow does. <laughs> he, he does tell you that uh, that you know if if you fancy people can find a hotel to to bed down in, which he doesn't think you will. Uh, fine. Mr. Isaacs has given enough money to provide accommodations for you guys. Um, otherwise, you're sleeping in the bush. You're gonna sleep. You're gonna sleep on the ground in a tent with him, or not with him, but you know. Oh, um, maybe. Maybe, yeah. No. <laughs> well, you're basically gonna sleep on the side of a road, right. on the side of a dirt road. And what time is it? It. This is. Uh, I believe. I, you know, I have this in my notes. I. I want to say that it is starting to begin to get into the late fall. So it's. It's not. It's not bitterly cold, but it is chilly, um, but not so much so that it would make camping uncomfortable. And I think early 20th century person might be a, a bit more uh, near to the cold than, say, a modern person because they have to deal with it a little bit more. Well, I say we try and find rooms, you know. Yeah, so somebody has money a room that will have rent to us. Yeah, yeah. and give some money to the locals. So the yeah. okay, so, so the first so the first day you guys you guys cover about uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say about thirty miles. Um, you guys kind of go at a at an easy clip. He is very mindful of the woman's, uh, you know. I'm fragile. Yeah. So well, he you know he 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 doesn't want her riding. He doesn't want her straddling the saddle. Okay. He wants her to uh, ride side saddle uh, because that would not be proper. Um, so even though he's a complete asshole, he's not. He seems to have taken a shine to to Angie, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you could try and use a social skill on him if you like. Uh, I, I kind of want to stay with. Him. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. Just don't like anyone. anyone <laughs> you got with us tattoo. nowhere with the lawyer. Now you're gonna <laughs> fail on this one. Jeez. <laughs> why, why, why does he even bring you along? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting any, are you? <laughs> so, uh, she was too busy with the crickets that night. <laughs> I just take pictures, man. So, you guys, I'll take pictures of you guys if you want. 
Oh, I know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to come out to my studio, is it? <laughs> I wasn't that kind of thing. Enjoy playing the Angie character because I know that like KF likes to write in his journal, and I figured that like the Angie character would be kind of to herself and like, draw, take pictures, uh, take pictures and, and do all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm so. definitely taking pictures of the people that we yeah. pass, the towns, yeah. and some Show of those more intensity. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah exactly. She, pull, pull your shirt down a little bit. In case you guys don't know, Angie does have a little photographic thing happening on the a uh, little. She makes a little money. Um, through her artistic endeavors and, and not very much because I've only got a skill of 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, here and there you make a little cash. It's something to do. Uh, so, so the first night you guys, you guys basically have to sleep out on the road. Uh, you do pass through a lot of little towns. You're free to talk to the locals if you like. Um, you, you do arrive at your, at sh you pass through a town uh, just before uh, you arrive at a little clearing along the road that Skeens basically says, hey, this is a good place to camp. Uh, so wait a minute. We tell you we want to find an inn, and you take us past the inn? Well, all right, I've had enough of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he, says, he says, you know, fancy boy, if you think that you can find a, a, an inn in these little shithole towns that you're passing through, uh, these towns that consist of 14 mining-owned houses, you go right ahead. You want to pay, you want to pay somebody to move out of their house so you fancy... Well, isn't that what you want? Our money to go to the locals? He just, he just, he's, he's pissed. <laughs> he is very, very upset right now. I mean, if you, he, he says, Burning bridges. he says, listen. I have to keep a, keep a close hand on my gun, aren't I? Yeah. He says, listen. I have to shoot him before we make it there. <laughs> he says, listen, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, Mr. Isaacs and Sheriff Lowell instructed me to let you investigate do whatever it is you people do. So if you want me to drop you off here and then come fetch you later on when you're done talking to whoever you need to talk to, I'll come and do that. Until then, leave me the hell alone. We're camping tonight. If you want to pay somebody to move out of their house so you can stay there, good luck. I'll see you in a couple hours. And then with that, he just... No, 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 wait. I apologize. You're the expert around here. You're the... the, the Goddamn you're right. The I'm the guy. We need to follow what you say because you're the authority here. Goddamn right, I'm the authority. Overstep my bounds. I appreciate all you've done. Another psychology roll. <laughs> Stop the camera. Oh, 06. 06, wow. You can tell that he, I mean, he is getting real. Real frustrated with your because he recognizes well he, he recognizes that you're that you're obviously an educated man so so he so you can he knows that you can kind of you can kind of tell that he's a bit of a bumpkin I mean it's it's clearly apparent that this guy doesn't really have much in the way of social skills just from the fact that he's not interacting with the locals. He kind of doesn't seem to give a goddamn who you give your money to or if you spread your money around. He, this isn't a church mission. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what he tells you. Okay. Uh, do whatever you like. I'll just ride the horse back and follow <laughs> and stay right. So he, about, he drops you off in a little town called Trammel. It's basically a small mining camp. What's it uh, called? Trammel, T-R-A-M-M-E-L. 
Lots of guys in chainmail. <laughs> yeah. Lots of guys in chainmail, yes. Riding horses. There's a donkey in a stadium. <laughs> There's a bank. There's Somebody's flag red running across town. <laughs> uh, we go to see Mayor Trever. Mayor Trever, yeah. Trever and his descendants. No, uh, it's, it's just a little... It's a little he mysteriously more... dies at night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about getting pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, it's a little tiny money camp. Uh, it, you know, there are there are people. They, the kids come up to you, and, and, and you know, I mean, they, they seem curious, and, and even a few of the locals speak to you. And one of them, a uh, rather kind of bedraggled woman, comes up to uh, comes up to Angie and says, you know, in, in a really nice kind of, you know, demure voice, says, "Where are y'all heading?" And when you say black steep, she kind of. You can tell she kind of like flinches for a second. Go ahead and give me a psychology roll. Is she the same? Twenty-seven. Nope. Twenty-five. Close. Uh, you, you really can't glean much. I mean, you, you can tell that she's kind of like she just she basically says, "What what what are y'all heading out the blocks for? What what do you what business do you have here?" Oh, I'm gonna take pictures. Pictures. But, uh, pictures. 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 Here, let me take one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I want to find out if anything she knows about the area. Like, you know, you know, woman to woman. She says, she tells you, last week, uh, Old Life's Tales. That's, that's, uh, that's Melungeon country. Last week is, uh, is well, Melungeon land. Uh, you know, I, 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 Black Steep isn't kind of the kind of place for a lady dressed such as yourself, you seem like a woman of means. And there, are, there ain't nothing there ain't nothing in Black Steep for you, I don't think. Uh, my husband uh, had some family who, who worked near Black Steep, worked for one of the mining companies up there. One of them died in a black ass accident. A lot of, a lot of families around here with lots of men people finding accidents. That's all. And she just kind of, after you guys have that little interplay, she just kind of walks away. She just, she seems, <coughs> as she's walking away, she kind of looks back at you guys and gives you guys kind of a, a weird sort of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That may be the last person you ever see. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of, she kind of gives you that kind of like dubious, like kind of like double take, like... This is a mining town as well, or this, this is, is a little a mining town. Yeah, okay. this is a this is a presumably a mining camp. She, you know, she obviously referred to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll see what the local news and rumors are. What people are talking about in general. All right. Well, there is there is a little there's a little uh, there's basically a little little restaurant here. A little kind of not really a restaurant per se, but kind of like a sundry with a little basically somebody who cooks home meals in a little sundry shop along with a couple of tables and chairs. There are no accommodations here. Um, there isn't a hotel. You know, there's there's a sundry, there's a little small feed supply store, there's a catalog store, but there's not there's not a hotel per se. Um, it's not big enough. There may be hundred and fifty people in in the town itself and there are small little various residents along dotting the countryside as you guys move through. But but it's it's not it, it's 
it's very small compared to what you guys are used to. You know, there are 150 people living in a building in New York, uh, an apartment building in, in 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 a town, in an entire town, uh, and in in this part of the country, there aren't that many people. Um, so you go in there, a uh, couple locals uh, sitting there. Why don't you? Do you have some sort of? You guys, if you guys all want to go in there, you all can give me some sort of uh, communication skill role. Uh, for you, Todd, something like a. Um, uh, bar, um, let's do a fast talk. You can do a persuade. Um, you can do a listen. You can sit down and order something and maybe do a listen. Um, I mean, maybe yeah, you can think of something that... Natural history here. I was just going to yeah. talk about the fox in yeah. the area. Yeah. Any, uh, I'm you open know, to the, any... The, the Appalachians are the old mountain chain and it yeah. used to be... Yeah, whichever, high, whichever is good for you. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to have the most chance with just sitting down listening to what the locals are talking about among themselves. But since none of these people are paying to be even part of my lecture, they really don't want to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just kind of start talking, and they're just, they kind of look at you, and then they... <laughs> Very interesting! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I make my listen check. I, I hear something. Check. Let's see what James gets. Oh, and then um, no one has tattoos? Uh, 29. You guys can give me a spot hidden check if no, you like. Spot hidden. Was there, I don't know if I like. You don't. You don't. You don't see anything. You don't personally see anything. I see nothing. You see nothing. Don't you don't notice any tattoo. That's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. The the dreaded tattoo. Fear the tattoo. Uh, yeah. He's got one on his forehead. It's huge across the entire back. Yeah, exactly. So. uh... So, so Martin, you you do overhear. So you do as 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 uh, Ben starts talking, the the and as as Angie's kind of looking at everybody's right hand, uh, you you kind of sit back and 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 you you just kind of hear some some the two patrons that were in, the, in this kind of restaurant type area, uh, kind of. Jokingly snicker about the about the newcomers, about the strangers, you know, and you hear kind of snippets of conversation. Yankee, obviously, that's that's just a pejorative that you're going to be referred to now for your time here. Um, strangers, uh, interlopers, you do hear you do hear kind of a fascinating snippet, and and it is uh, we've seen the likes of them before. So that's something that you do hear, and. It's kind of remarkable in that they maybe perhaps have encountered the the previous group. The previous group they have maybe followed the same path up. Yeah. Since they have the same exact guy. Yeah. <laughs> so no one says something like, Wow, the king's in that piece of well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. No, nothing like that. Just wait till we call the monster on them in the night. <laughs> what? What are you guys Do you do you wanna I mean uh, you you do you do hear a whispering saying that, you know, that you do hear these two men talking about we, we've seen the likes of them before, and it's kind of intriguing. I mean, I, I think at, at this early point, that, that wouldn't really uh, be a surprise to me since we do have the same guide and we aren't. We're well, still, what, like two, two and a half days away from where they disappeared, so I'm, I'm not particularly suspicious. I was just trying to see what the local decision was. Think about it, though. He dropped us off here when he didn't yeah, want to. Mr. Skeens <laughs> is not with you. So. <laughs> no, we, we, we were going, we would have gone through the place anyway, so. 
I, I'm not particularly suspicious about that. Okay. All right. So you guys, you guys get a bite to eat because uh, you know that this is going to be your last hot meal. Everybody looking to take on boarders for the night. Uh, you, if you want to, if you want to try another another skill check, if you want to ask sure I want to. Same to you, gentlemen. You know, uh, you could. You I'm could, prepared to go set up camp. Yeah, you could do. Uh, you could do. Uh, you could do maybe an app times three. I mean, that'd be a difficult check because, or an, an intelligence times three. I mean, it would just be kind of difficult to, unless you offered them a crap load of money. I mean, no, I'm just going to ask the bartender if, no. if anybody in, he knows anybody in town that would take on three boarders for the night. Um, okay, well, I, I won't make you go for that. <laughs> he basically says it's a very small town. Not a lot of people would be willing to take in group of strangers, especially a group of healed strangers like yourself, especially a woman there, uh, they, they would be a bit a bit apprehensive to take in some strangers. He said, this, this guy, right, he, he, looks at, he looks at Martin, he says, this guy right here, look at that iron on the side of his hip right there. I, I don't think many people would be willing to take in a, a gentleman, obviously, of uh, of uh, his uh, <laughs> caliber, you know, he's stumbling. He doesn't. He doesn't want uh, you to uh, shoot him, <laughs> but he's obviously not. A, uh, fine, gentlemen such as yourself. Fine, <laughs> pistol-toting gentlemen such as yourself. But he does, you know, as you're going to encounter a lot of a lot of the locals are. We sure do have pretty teeth there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. The is the grasshoppers. Yes. <laughs> so that's. I mean, you really don't. You really don't find much in this town. You guys have traveled most of the day. Uh, about an hour later, Mr. Skeens kind of heads back and says, "All right, I think we ought to be continuing on and making camp for the night." You know, he asks you if you have any accommodations. Obviously, the answer is right. All right, so he takes you, <laughs> he takes you, you guys camp, uh, the next morning you get up, you push on, cover a few miles, and now you hit a fairly, uh, a, a somewhat larger town, you, you, you hit a little town called Abingdon, and Abingdon is probably the biggest town since Knoxville, about 5,000 people, uh, fairly decent size, couple churches, uh, there's a bank there, um, a library, a small county library. Uh, there, there are accommodations for you. Um, there is a small hotel there. Again, you guys are free to do, you know, it's, it's towards the evening. Skeen says he, he's not going to stay in, in town. He doesn't want to stay in town. It's just too expensive. Mm -hmm. and, Oh, it's, it's part of the whole package. Yes, our expenses are being paid. It's not yeah. our money. It should well, be paid he, for you too. He doesn't. He doesn't see it that way. He doesn't want to stay. He he tells you, I'm not staying in town. This is not. I'm not welcome in here. I don't feel welcome here. I don't feel comfortable here. I don't want to stay in town. I'll come back and get you in the morning. But I'm not staying in town. Okay. He just does not seem like a nice guy. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's in a position to make friends with you guys. So, you guys do have a couple hours. I don't know if you want to... There's, again, there's a little county library. Uh, you know, pretty small pretty small place. Not a whole lot happening here. Schoolhouse? 
There is a schoolhouse, yes. Seeing if I can find any local lore from school teachers and connect okay. something like that. But yeah. Just you want to do something other than a library. You know, do you want to try and give me a fast talk or a, or a persuade or a psychology something, um, some sort of some sort of skill that that would be uh, something like a communication type of skill. What's the name of this town? This town is called Abingdon. A B I N D O N. Well, you, you, I mean, you do find you do find a little something in common in that you're both, you know, when you do talk to some of the local teachers uh, or the local schoolhouse teacher, um, she's she's obviously taken with the fact that you guys are from out of town. It's not often that they get visitors from the big city, especially in a big city that is Abingdon, comparatively speaking. But um, she. She she does tell you again. She in a in a in a, a more of a genteel way. She says she reiter, reiterates the fact that Blacksteep is where a significant portion of Melungeon come from. A lot of the last names uh, that people consider Melungeon in the area are actually centered in Blacksteep. Um, Skeens is a she says that Skeens is a Melungeon last name, a name closely associated with uh, Melungeon family. Um, there, are, there are a couple other names, but you know, she just she seems very kind of put out by the fact that you guys are going to Blackstone. Again, it, it, it seems like all of the locals you're talking to just they don't, don't like us because of it. They don't think it's a good idea, or they're, they they seem a bit distrustful of you guys because you're outsiders. And when you mention Blackstone, they seem a bit like. What do you, why? What do you want here? What are you guys doing here? You know, I mean, I mean, that's generally, my, my pa, uh, you know, heard something in the woods of Black Steve. I mean, just these weird little stories about, just these weird little personal anecdotes. And, and they all are generally, why are you going to Black Steve? Black Steve. You know, I guess you could. Well, it has something to do with the Melungeons, too. I mean, they're yeah. all tied in with it. They're so. all tied in with it. That's where the Melungeon live. Why are you going there? You, these people are, are, you know, you guys have understand that according to local legends, they've been accused of cursing people. You know, they 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 are looked down upon. So so they're asking you, why are you guys going here? Why? What, what business do you have there? I mean, unless you have a good story. Well, the story is to. I wouldn't say I wouldn't personally wouldn't talk about that unless you give the okay because you're it's your friend and you're the one who yeah, would decide that whether we were out in the open about for that. Friends that went missing. Why not? I mean, you're gonna say that to him? Yeah. You 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 we're friends have gone missing. When you say friends who've gone missing, she <clears> says, <throat> you mean the other people that came through? The other Yanks. Because she doesn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she smiles and she says, yeah, yeah, the other Yankees that came through here. Is so you met them. Yeah. She, she didn't meet them. She said, I, I've never, I, haven't, I didn't meet them, but I heard that some northerners came through. I heard some northerners disappeared in the woods uh, near Blacksteep, in Blacksteep. Well, I, see, I don't know if it's as sinister as that. Don't go getting the wrong impression. Well, I mean... Because Bruce told us not to, to spread the word. Well, I mean, you, you kind of let the genie out of the bottle. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm trying to back off it now. <laughs> well, she says, well, why, why then why are y'all going up to 
what do you, what do you want to know about Blasi? Well, they went up there to investigate something. We haven't heard what they're doing, so if we need your ass looking into something, that's it. She says, she says, you know, my pa and I heard stories that, that of, of things in the woods in Blackstead. I heard stories of Melungeons that cast spells and hexes on you. I heard stories that the Melungeons are, 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 are people that, that don't believe in God like good Christians do. Funny, I, I heard the exact opposite. I heard that they were... Well, she said... You know, she they said, had the... I mean, they were faithful well, in the king. Well, Mr... And then... <laughs> do you mention the king? Sure, sure. She says... She just... I, I mean, at this point, you can tell that you're pushing your... Okay. She, she says, uh, I want to ask, uh, who, who, who in town would know more about Blacksteep than the Melungeons? Well, well, Blacksteep, you got to understand something. Blacksteep isn't a place. Blacksteep isn't on any map. Blacksteep is a nickname, like a lot of these places around here. You, you won't find Blacksteep on a map. But there is a town, right? You, Blacksteep is a place in in the mountains. Blacksteep isn't the name of the town. Well, it's a nickname. Who, who would know more about it than here? Then what? Who would know more but about... Who, who in town, who in Abington knows the most about that area and the Melungeon? Let, let me put it this way. Peoples in Abington and peoples in the mountains aren't going to talk to no northerners about Blacksteep. We... We already have enough trouble with three of you other fellers who went missing. Uh, we we don't want to talk to you about. We don't want to talk to more people about this. We don't want to. We don't want to bring any trouble to this part of the country. We don't want any more Northerners traipsing through our through our towns. We don't want. That's she gets, you know, she's example. very. She when when you start mentioning when you mention the king, you can yeah. tell that her her demeanor changes. All of a sudden, you've got a wall coming up, and she says, "Matter of fact, I think you ought to leave." Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she just, yeah. She just, so you you guys end that interaction, um, you know, then. What the hell did you bring that up for? <laughs> this is a king. Oh, I, I didn't know any better. <laughs> You're the smart one. Yeah. I mean, that, that you know, the, 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 I just hit things. <laughs> You're like, I, I just hit things. anything. Okay, if anything comes after us from that, please hit. <laughs> so... So I'll just go ahead. You guys, you guys have any other things you want to do while you're here, possibly? Or I mean, is there anything else that you can think of? Martin, do you have an idea, Angie? Uh, not here specifically, but I want to ask Angie to talk to our guide since neither of us are going to get anything out of him about uh, if he brought the last party anywhere, if he guided them out in the wilderness, or what he talked to them about, what he may have showed them, other than just the way from. So basically, can you, can you take us to all the places, or at least tell, or at least tell us where he took, uh, he took the last party? Okay. Well, you guys would have to do that in the morning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's for tomorrow. Now okay. that since the guy's out of here, you know, gone for now, I'll ask her to do this, and she's okay. Okay. 
the only one who stands a chance of, of yeah. getting that information out of yeah, it. I'll try to stop muddying the waters. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's part of the investigation, so yeah. we should know exactly where they, what they looked at. So everywhere yeah. they stopped, we should stop. Too. So, yeah. so you guys spend you guys spend the evening uh, in, in Abingdon. You guys find a relatively nice hotel, I guess, or a motel. I don't, I don't know it has a roof. It has a roof. It has a bed. Um, I treat my room like a rock star. <laughs> you do. You really do. You, 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 you definitely, uh, you definitely feel like, wow, how bad. Oh, this is nice. You know? No, no, I, I treat it like a rock star would. I tear it up. And oh, 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 well. Yeah, yeah. Really, Set on fire come time. There's not really a whole lot of action happening in the in the room there in terms of uh, more than a bed, a dresser, maybe. Sorry, we don't let the professors anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so the next morning rolls around. Skeens comes and gets you guys. Uh, you begin your journey. He says the last, the last town before we hit Blacksteep is a little town called Browning. We should hit Browning tonight. Browning has no accommodations. You're going to be sleeping out in the rough with me tonight. I just want to let you guys know. I want to let you all know, uh, especially for Mr. Professor over here. Uh, you look like a gentleman who could handle yourself out in the woods. You look like you've slept in the woods before. I, I, I've slept rough before. I can tell by that that piece that you have on your horse there. Uh, that looks like that looks like you fired a couple shots with that. He seems a little <laughs> bit intimidated by you. I mean, he it, Skeens does not seem like he wants to mess with you. Uh, so I, I, I'm happy to forego the evening tea, and I'll turn my sheets down myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad, like Will playing an asshole to Todd right now. It's not just like God, I can't say anything. Right <laughs> no, it's cool. Uh, but you know, he's just like Mr. Fancy Boy over here. Sheets, shut up. And then you know, he. I mean, he's courteous to you. He says, you what? know, he helps you on. He helps you on your horse. So. Well, I'll let him. Yeah, help. So you guys are traveling. Uh, you may have an opportunity now if you want to talk to him about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it would be. It's it's important as part of our investigation that we see everything in all the places that you took the other party, or um, David Williams to. So. Well, he's you know he he kind of opens up to you a little bit and he says uh, basically he said I I did exactly for them what I done for you I I dropped them off. Uh, most of them, like you, didn't want to sleep in tents. Uh, most of them were used to sleeping in nice beds, like Mr. Professor over here. Uh, most of them, the, 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 their Negro gentlemen wouldn't be able to find accommodations in the, in the town to begin with. Uh, <coughs> the surly gentleman that was with um, seemed a lot like your, your friend Mr. Hellman here. Uh, and... and Professor Williams, you know, he he would have liked to stay in hotels, and so I gave him the opportunity. Mr. Isaacs told me to do what I've done for you, drop you off, let you talk to the few locals that are around here, see what you can get from them. But, you know, we don't open up to strangers like y'all open up to strangers. We don't, we're, we're mountain people, we're mountain folk. We don't, we don't let you on our farms, and, and my daddy would shoot you on sight if you put, took an apple from this tree. If Mr. Professor Strom came over here and plucked an apple from my daddy's tree, he'd shoot you. Well, 
you know, Mr. Skeens, it seems like all the people were asking about Blackfeet and the place we're going <coughs> are the wrong people. It seems like you would know more about Blackfeet and and the Melungeon. I am Melungeon. Uh, well, that's what I figured, but you know. What about the Melungeon? If you tell us anything, anything. I mean, people are afraid to talk about it, or even those people are ignorant because they think we're cursing. Well, that's what we keep hearing. We just want to know, know the truth. I was ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you, can you help us out with that? The Melungeon, Melungeons are people that look different than, than, than our neighbors. So we'd rather live with each other than live out amongst y'all. All the difference. I mean, you should see New York. Everyone's different in New York. I mean, I've never people, been to New York. I've never been. It's never, so big. You keep them all over the world there. You wouldn't stand out for nothing. <laughs> he, he just kind of smiles at you. You know, you kind of, you break the ice a little bit. He says, you know, all, all the families in Blacksteep are Melungeon. My, my uncles, uh, my, my daddy, my mommy, uh, my, my aunts and uncles were all Melungeon. All the families there are all Melungeon. See, certain last names are associated with, with Melungeon blood. And if you have that last name, your neighbors may tend to look down on you. They may not trust you. They may look at you as, as being different because we look different from them. I look different from you. I look different from your your, your traveling companions here. I'm judged by them. Uh, the they think that our religion is different. They they think that we were evil, that we're gypsies, that we're thieves, that we'll steal from them. They they think we'll steal from their farms. Well, we don't we don't think that. Well. You, you, with all due respect, Mrs., you, you're not from around here. You're, you're a northerner, so you, you don't know how these people look at us. You're right. We don't. So, you could at least uh, help us get the true, true perspective rather than the, the ignorant one. Well, he just, I mean, basically he just, we'll shift out of role play. Basically, he just reiterates the fact that the Melungeon are culturally a bit different. Kind of, you know, physically, appearance-wise, they're a bit different, and uh, people consider them strange, and 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 they're frowned upon as a as people in general. They're culturally, physically distinct people. So, you know, he says human beings. You know, he says people are afraid of of people who aren't like them. If you look different, people are afraid of you. Why do you think that that? That Negro gentleman that traveled with your friends, uh, David Williams, why do you think he couldn't get a room in any of these small towns? Why do you think that people wouldn't talk to him? Hell, I wouldn't talk to him. It's not right, but that's what it is. He's <laughs> 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 just like, I, I want to start speaking Japanese to him or something. <laughs> 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 This, after that conversation, basically, you know, you kind of spend the, the afternoon. You guys are just kind of taking in the scenery. It is very beautiful. It's, it's a very rugged landscape. Um, you're, you're making, you're going up, 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 up. Very beautiful. Late fall, so leaves are starting to turn colors. Or, or early fall, so the leaves are starting to turn colors from their green to kind of a reddish and orangish. And so it's a very, very beautiful scene. The, the scenery is beautiful. From a geological standpoint, uh, and from maybe even a possibly archaeological standpoint, there's a lot of pristine land that you're seeing around here. A lot of, a lot of un, 
you know, spaces that aren't habitated. Um, so, there's when we stop for camp, I might as well take a couple of samples. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing yeah. a geological survey and yeah. getting close. Yeah, you, you you take a couple of samples. Um, I gotta ask him to let us know when we're in Black's Deep. Okay. So well, yeah, you'll know. Samples. You'll know. I mean, okay. yeah, you, you know, he tells you, you when we get to Black's Deep, I'm gonna take you to the White Star Inn. We're gonna you're gonna meet the council when you get there. I'm still not sure. Is it a town or a region or? Like it's it's a town. We call okay. it Black's Deep. It's Black's Deep Village. We call it Black's Deep. Well, the people, the ignorant These people, then. What did I tell you? So I should have been asking you. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, when I was asking him, <laughs> he's just very, he just, just, he's not, yeah, he just doesn't like you. He's just like, he's just very quick and short with you. I may have to give you some uh, lessons in, in the weapon you bought. <laughs> just in case. I think, so you guys, you guys, you guys do. Uh, reach uh, you do you do reach uh, Browning and um, Browning you, you you know Browning is really small. If you Abingdon was big, Trammell was really small. Browning is is very very small. Set up much like much like um, uh, Trammell in that it's a small mining camp. It's company owned. The people that that live here work for a mining company and and they're paid in script and. Their houses are owned by a mining company. A different mining company. A different mining company than Blacksmith Mining Company. Uh, they they are reluctant to say who they work for. How do they ship the coal in and out? How do they ship the coal out? Uh, right? Isn't that built flatbed, up? Flatbed. Flatbed. How are they going to get it in? It's not built up into the infrastructure. Is uh, not built Black steep yet. Well, the mine the mine is built in the way that they the way that they would transfer coal from the mines to. Most of the coal would be used for local consumption. Uh, any of the any of the excess, because this is really the nascent period of coal mining operations in, in the area. So any excess coal that they would use for sale would be transported via flatbed cart, basically. Okay. So the same way we're coming in. It's yeah. the same as we're going out. Basically. Okay. Um, I ask if there's a chance to talk to any of the locals. So I would like to ask uh, about the different mining companies in the region and then kind of your reports. Well, what about Blackstreet Mining Company? You know, what, okay. what do you know about Blackstreet? Well, they, they, the, you guys stop and, and again, you kind of, you know, you kind of talk. He starts with the kids and um, the locals are pretty friendly. Um, they, these particular locals work for an organization based out of Knoxville. Um, they're very apprehensive to talk about the name of their corporation because it is a company, they live in company-owned houses. They're not really paid in cash or paid in script. So, so they they seem very again as you. It seems like as you're moving deeper into the hills, people are becoming less and less apt to talk to you because you are literally moving, you're moving more and more. You're becoming more and more isolated. You do meet a couple people who do say that they did work for Blacks. Deep mining corporation. You do meet a woman who says her husband was killed in a mining accident in one of Black's Deep's in Black uh, Black's Deep mine. He was killed by the gas, and they never recovered his body. The Black's Deep Mining Corporation did is allowing her to live in the house, but they still own the house, mm -hmm. and they're giving her a small stipend for taking care of her. Are they They're not Melungeon. 
water or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm out of town. This is your game. Tell me what you don't like. No, no, no. I really don't want to screw things up, Mark. Okay. <laughs> the character does not want to screw things up, Mark. Things have not been going well. <laughs> Angie, is there anything that you want to do while you're... No, I'll just take some more pictures. And okay. um, so Brian's a really small one. So I think I've asked... I think about everything I wanted to ask about Black Steep Mining Corporation and well, and, the, and they, they really can't tell you a whole lot because they're not, you know, I mean, yeah. they're just, they work for the company. It's like, they don't know the intricacies of the corporate structure and, you know <laughs> what I mean? Just like, you know, kind of like rumors that, you know, yeah, people, yeah. You, no one wants to work for them anymore, that, you know, that type of thing. I, like, what you the general consensus or... Of, of the general consensus and what you guys have been able to establish is it sounds like the mines, the Blackstreet mines are centered in this region known as Blackstreet and around Blackstreet Village. Most of the mine workers, what you've established so far is that most of the white mine workers seem to have come from places other than Blackstreet, which is an odd kind of thing for you guys to know. So that's something well, taken it's, it's away. The, the locals don't want to go down in the mines, right? Exactly. Um, the other thing that you've noticed is that the bulk of the population of Blackstreet are Melungeons. And Melungeon are universally reviled and feared by, well, maybe not, well, I guess fear, I guess that would be an accurate description of, they're just not like, you know, their neighbors. Um, So you guys, you guys, anything else you want to do while you're in Browning? I mean, I can't think of anything really, but... Oh, this is a little tiny. Just a little bit on the map. You know, well, well, look around for more tattoos. It's probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the fact that the camp said, I don't, I don't want skeins to notice, but I kind of want to pull out the whole, you know, divining rod and see. Oh, uh, your dowsing rod? Dowsing rod. Oh, nice, I kind of want to do, like, a outside of black deep and then inside of black deep comparison. See okay, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. different. Go ahead and give me, uh, go ahead and give me a, a luck, or, uh, yeah, give me a luck roll on that. Let's see, uh, um, what what you know, obviously. You notice your your dowsing rods kind of dowsing rods are a way of measuring energy. You know, uh, when you take a dowsing rod into a haunted house, they tend to polarize. You notice that as when you point your rods at a certain direction, like when you're standing in in a direction facing the way that you came. Your dowsing rods just give you kind of what you would consider a neutral kind of regular reading. When you start to move towards the path, the road that's going up towards what you presumably think is Blacksteep, the rods start doing something weird. It's like they polarize. There's something strange about what what they're doing. So, So you get the sense, being a person who's used these before, that there's something not... Something's a little amiss. You guys all know from your investigations, well, especially Angie Deacon and Ben Strom have encountered these strange things before. So you know your dowsing rods are kind of telling you something's not quite right about whatever's in that direction. The direction we're going. The direction we're going, yes. What lies beyond that? Does anybody in town know if there are any what other towns Black beyond Blackfeet? Nobody goes that way? Or? Most of these people is living is made 
from Blackstein. Most most of the locals here have, especially the the company, the the, the people in Browning tend to either be locals who work for Blacksteep or people from Knoxville or towns in Tennessee that have come and moved into these houses looking for jobs. Oh, so this is not generation upon generation of Browning people. This is Browning is just a recent in. kind of, yeah. Okay. Browning right. is a mining camp. Yeah, this is a black, this, well, this is a, this is a mining camp. Some of them work for Blacksteep. I see. So some of these people actually some are, of these are miners in Blackstone. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm yeah. One of one of the one of the wives of of a of a missing miner in Blackstone mine is living in okay. one of these well, houses. Well, if we can find some miners, and I'd like to talk to one about the condition general conditions of Blackstone mine as opposed oh. to other companies' mines. Yeah, you guys talk to the men. I'll go talk to the women. Get the gossip. Well, <laughs> you guys, you know, you guys do kind of. You guys bounce around to the local men, and and they'll tell you that the mine mining conditions are deplorable. I mean, it's it's, you know, you're you're working all day in a pickaxe with a pickaxe. You're you have a shovel. You're loading coal into a coal cart that's drawn by a mule. Most of the time, you're working in fair amount of darkness. You've got a little candle lamp on your head that's illuminating maybe the three feet of space in front of you. Any of the rest of the space is almost pitch black. Um, you've got black gas. You've got the risk of explosions. You've got the risks of cave-ins. I mean, they're pretty open when it comes to the conditions in the mines. I think about strange rocks. As far, yeah, I was, what's the quality of the coal like? Well, the 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 seam the seams <coughs> that they that they're working in are pretty good. I mean, the coal quality. There's not a lot of uh, what they call junk rock. They don't have to do a lot of Processing to the coal. It's it's fairly pure coal. All of, all of the seams they're hitting are are. What hard anthracite there, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> I, all the seams that they're hitting. It's not coal mixed. I'm trying to use terms that would be available in 1906. The coal they, in modern coal processing facilities, you have coal that's mixed with cyanide and like chlorine, and that creates a coal slurry, which takes all of the impure rock and separates it from the coal. The reason why they have to treat it like that now is because all of the good seams have been mined out over the last hundred years. So the seams that they're hitting now is pure coal. I mean, it's like they're pulling big chunks of burnable coal out of the earth. So they tell you that the coal is, is good. They come out covered in black coal dust. They're hauling huge chunks of coal that's uh, usually consumed by the local residents. The coal doesn't have to go, say, more than, you know, 80 to 100 miles away. The biggest consumers in Knoxville. Um, it's easier to take the coal down the mountain than bring the coal back up the mountain. Um, so they just, they basically tell you that that conditions are bad in the mines. What's the rock around it like? Is it hard stuff? Is it, uh, it's, it, it tends to be, what kind of rock it is? They don't know what kind of rock it is. Okay, it it tends to be granite. It tends to be <clears throat> The, the you know the hills are granite of, of <coughs> layered rock. I mean, they, they don't they can't tell you the composition of the rock. Sure, but I mean, geology. I'm trying to translate what I know about geography they, into what they would experience trying to they, look at it. And they 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 can tell you that the seams that they're hitting of coal yeah. is pure coal. If you are you asking them specifically about shiny rocks? Well, I don't I don't know what this this unusual rock is. Yeah. 
So I'm trying to get a sense of what their other types of rocks are there and what they have to avoid if there's any weird deposits. They, they're, um, what they're telling you right now uh, is that in the vein. Yes, yeah, they're just coal. in. They're in the veins. It's good coal. It's burnable <laughs> coal. Ask about mine number one. Well, I thought that's we were talking. To, well, they're talking about the mines in general. general. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, are there, are there anybody? Is there anybody there from mine number one that's? There, uh, one one guy, one of the locals did work in mine number one. He is familiar with with the accident. He, he knows people were killed. He said that the Blacksteep Village Council shuttered the mine when the when the accident occurred because nine miners lost their lives from <coughs> the from black gas. Um, the bodies of the miners were never recovered. He does tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, no one has heard from these miners. Their, their, their bodies were presumably never recovered, and their families are allowed to live in these in the in the these houses because the Blacksmith Mining Corporation is paying for their families to stay in these houses, and they're given a small stipend in cash and in scrip. Um, <coughs> scrip is like money, company money. Company, company money. Used to buy company stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they, and, and he says, you know, they, they treated them fairly, they paid, a, they paid a decent wage, comparatively speaking, but, you know, the, the threat of black gas and the threat of cave-in and, and the horrible conditions are universal in all the mines. He never saw any, I mean, he never, he, he's telling you, what he's telling you is that he's never seen anything untold in, in a mine. He has mentioned, He's found fossilized remains of, of the ferns that used to grow on these mountains Ooh. back in the <laughs> back of these. He's found strange fossilized remains of plants and stuff like that, but that's pretty common. They Miners have been reporting and finding those things then, and they're finding them now. So that's nothing out of the ordinary. Still but interesting. It's still interesting, <laughs> yes. Um, as, far as, as far as the women folk go, um, they're just very concerned about their men. Most of them want to go back to their families in Tennessee, the ones from Tennessee. The couple that do live in the mining houses, in the company-owned houses, do work. Their, their men work for the various coal companies, the small coal companies around here. There aren't many, but a few that do exist. Um, you meet one that did work for Blacksteed. Her husband did work for Blacksteed Mining Corporation. Um, she mentions he, her husband was killed, because lots of these men are killed in the mines, and that um, and that her husband actually had a brother who worked in this mine who disappeared in the Black Steep mine number one black gas incident, and oh, whose body was never recovered. And she, she basically says his kinfolk are mad. They want to know where his body is, because it ain't Christian to leave a man laying in the mine and not bury him. So she's very, very upset, and she she says his kinfolk are upset. They want his body. That's a mountain tradition. You take your own. You put them in the ground. At Black Steep, Black Steep people haven't given us. They haven't given me my my man back, and they they haven't given my man my man's family their kin their kinsmen back. And I want to put them in the ground. And a Christian that he's laying in the mine somewhere. He is in the ground. <laughs> Do you say that? No, I'm not there. That's why you bring me along. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled my gun. <laughs> <laughs>
villagers. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> see what in the ground means? Yeah. Step up. <laughs> so that's that's what you get from that. Okay. That's that's basically what you get from these guys. Uh, again, it's a small little town, and that's kind of where you're at. So Skeens does show up. Uh, it's it's getting towards the evening. You guys make camp. Um, settle in for the night. Skeens kind of, you know, Skeens doesn't really want to stay in close proximity of you guys. He kind of strikes his camp a little more into the woods than you guys. He just, he just doesn't seem all that interested in socializing with you guys. I mean, as you probably, well, as Professor Stromberg <laughs> knows. Well, um, did he, what did he do before with the previous party? I mean, he just got them there and then he, he just, just, he just was their guy. And then he left? And then he, well, he lives in Blackstone. Oh, okay. But so, he was just their guide. He was escorting them along under the pretenses of not getting in trouble. From point A to point B, but like when they were camped, doing when they would stay in a hotel, he well, was. Well, I, I mean, like when they disappeared, he was like at home or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He's just a resident of Blackstone. He works. He works in the sundry store with his with his aunt and uncle. Okay. What's the timeline here, Wed? As far as Williams gets there, about six months. They go in, and he disappears six months later. Then when is the black gas disaster? Before, way before, or after, uh, or the, the well, the 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 BMC in mine number one uh, was shut was shut um, after the the Neors party disappeared. Okay, right. it wasn't shut before. Okay. It was shut after. So the, it presumably was still in operation when the Neo's party. And were any of the miners Melanchon? Did they take them out of that town, or as you, pretty much as you can as you can already as you've already heard from the different yeah. groups, yeah. not very many Melanchon are working in the mines. They seem to be contracting people from the little towns around, but they don't specifically mention. You you wouldn't really know that. You couldn't know that. The, all of the people that you've encountered have not been of Melungeon descent. Yeah, well, I'm assuming if they don't trust each other, they wouldn't work together, but, uh, yeah. you know, because what's his name? No one would have oh, to. Oh, you asking Skeens that? Are you asking? Well, I mean, you guys would. Through my interpreter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well Skeens, Skeens says the mines are owned by Melungeon, but Melungeon don't like to work with mines. Yeah. I don't want to be offensive, but if Melungeon don't want to associate with. The ignorant locals and mm. locals don't want to, vice versa. Yeah. But you run the general store. So it, it, it's through some interaction. Blackstein Village is a Melungeon village. I told you that. No, no, I understand that. Yeah. But there had to have been outsiders coming in and working for the mining company. So they had to buy their sundry goods there, or did they go we, home all the time? No, we, we sold them stuff. Okay, so it's, it's, not a, it's not antagonistic. Yeah. It's just it's, a, Well, I guess what, what you're out of character, what, yeah. you, what you gather is that they don't, it's just like him leading you guys to Blacksteep. He doesn't want to lead you to Blacksteep, but he'll do it. Okay, but it's not like a cheap. no Negroes in our store kind of thing. It's, well, it's, it's they, the, two, the two groups, they may not be openly fighting each other, but they don't trust each other. Okay. okay. And they don't, won't, they won't normally associate with one another unless they absolutely have was there any were there any trouble because you were thrown into the same? They were thrown into your town, or oh, we don't like them. But I mean, nothing. 
he's no not got violence or anything, well, I, any I, problems. He just kind of looks at you and he just says, "Let me rephrase it. Did you ever have any problems with?" He kind of he clams up and he says, "Listen, okay, I'm gonna tell you this one last time. We sold them stuff. They came in and bought stuff. We weren't going to church together, if that's what you mean." Okay. And then he's done with you. And then he ambles. He ambles. Can I go to your church? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a real diplomatic ambassador. Yeah, he kind of ambles off to his to his little tent, and you guys kind of retire to the for the evening. Uh, I'll tell him about the the rods. The rods, okay. You can share that with him. Yeah. So you share you share the rods. Uh, You you share the rods. Well, that's on. You share your you share your. Uh, yes, yes, you share your experience with the rods. You guys you guys all have that PC high mind there. Um, you eventually retire when you wake up and the you, you guys are disturbed in the middle of the night by some, some rustling. You hear some you hear like your your horses kind of braying, you know, kind of like kicking and, and you hear like this kind of just kind of a, a commotion outside. Martin then Something's bothering the horses. Go check it out. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys want to do? Your horses are obviously perturbed. You hear some rustling around outside of your little little camp here by the side of the road. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fire. Grab my pistol. Grab a, a lantern or some other whatever functions of the light source. See uh, what's bothering the horses. Okay. What about you, Professor Strong? I've got my pistol, but I mean, you I got to protect the research. <laughs> so, so you don't go I'll peek out. <laughs> I'll learn my game. <laughs> all right. All right. So, hey, I'm a lady. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm not decent. <laughs> I'll be on the moment. <laughs> so Even though I wear underwear that covers 90% of my body. You can't see it. My underwear is a dress. <laughs> So basically, let me just draw a little rough sketch here. Uh, this is this is kind of the road here. You've got woods out here. There's a little clearing right here where you're, you know, you're presumably three tents are kind of packed up. You got woods right here, woods right here. Where did Yo-Yo go? Just draw a little. He's he's basically crossed the road and he's somewhere in the woods over here. Your horses are tied up here. Um, he's got the he's got the card over here. He's got your two mules there. You just you hear something, you know. Your we'll go ahead and say Ben is in here. We'll say Angie's in that tent, and then we'll say Martin's here. That way Angie can be kind of flanked by two guys. You know, you hear something coming from this part of the, the woods. Your tent opens this way. Do we have a campfire? Or is yeah, it dark you, have, you have a little, you have a little campfire. It won't, it, however, it doesn't <coughs> yeah. illuminate all of the woods because it's, it's, it's very, it's very gloomy. The, you know, there are very deep. It, when you're in a wooded area like this, towards early fall, the leaves create kind of an artificial, almost gloom because of all the little shadows that are playing off of the, the trees and the rocks and the mountains. So you hear a commotion outside and. Did you say you wanted to go out and investigate? Yeah, this? grab a pistol and a lantern. Okay. So go see what's bothering the horses. And what are you? Okay, so you're. Well, you, you know, you, Ben, you can't. You see, you see Martin coming out. coming out 
to go and investigate the noise, you kind of peek out, but your line of sight is doesn't go like that. You know what I mean by that? You you yeah. you peek out in time to see Mark. I disappear into the darkness. Yes. Well, if he walks away, I'm gonna go over stand guard here. Okay, so you get out. Of, you come out of your tent. You you stand guard in front of uh, Angie's tent. So basically, what you come upon, Martin, is you see two men, kind of two kind of desperate-looking men, bedraggled men, um, going through your stuff. They've already they've already kind of ripped into your bags on your horse. They, they're going through Ben's notes. Uh, they're looking through all of your stuff. They're kind of tearing through it. You surprise them. Uh, are the horses still, like, hobbled and tied up? Or they're they... tied up, yes. Then I will fire a shot off into the air. Okay. Do uh, you want to go ahead and give me a handgun roll? All right. That is... Firearm... Revolver, forty percent. Right, so we want we want to have a good roll on this. Uh, what? You're shooting something? I'm shooting into the air. I was gonna scream at the top Watch of my lungs because there was a big bug in my tent. <laughs> no, seventy-seven. Well, it's not a critical failure. You're not really aiming at anybody, but this was more of a roll to say like you don't you run and fall down and end up blowing away one of these guys. So basically, you, you know. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> I missed the sky. <laughs> you basically, you basically come out, you, you fire shot, off a shot, straight up, and it came straight down. <laughs> <laughs> you basically, uh, you, you, you fire a shot, and these two men kind of, these two men are obviously startled by the gunshot. I mean, what are your reactions? I mean, Angie, uh, your reaction, uh, Ben, your reaction. You hear, you hear a large caliber pistol. I'll scream. Okay, so you scream. <laughs> Alright, do I now I know you. Do I know you can take care of yourself? Um, I have a shotgun in my tent. <laughs> do, I, do I know whether you can use it or yeah, or, I can okay. use it. Alright, so okay. behind Martin's tent, now I'm gonna that's what I say to you, and that's I'm gonna go out at least out of so that the, the glare from the campfire isn't blurring my vision. Okay, so you, so I, I'm assuming you're not are you just gonna I'm not going the same way he went, I'm coming around this okay, way. Okay, so you're coming around this yeah. way. Okay, so you you get out there. You see, you see Martin out there holding his pistol. He's already discharged a shot. These two guys are are shocked. They kind of see you coming around. You coming out with the pistol. Well, they, one of the one of the guys, the one guy standing at the horse, tearing shit out of the out of the saddlebags. One of the guy rushes rushes you to try and attack you. So, what's your uh, what's your dex? Uh, fourteen. Your dex is fourteen. So. You've got a couple of options. You beat this guy's decks. I mean, oh, if, he, if he's rushing me, I'm shooting. He, he's, they, they don't have any firearms. They don't have firearms. They're he's, rushing an armed man. They, they, these guys seem pretty, pretty intense. I mean, he, he has a, a wild look in his eyes. I, you, okay, you can. I want you guys to think about this before, before you discharge your weapon, because shooting. Shooting an unarmed man, even in the bumpkin woods of of, <laughs> of Virginia, is not a good idea. You can you no, can, go bury these things. Don't you, ask where they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. You can go ahead if you want this, to shoot this them. This is where, like, you, you shoot the wrong person, then you got his whole clan after you. Right? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, do I have enough time to try for a wounding shot? And then if that fails, a kill shot before he gets on me, or is it one shot and then he's on me? What you can do is basically you can you can attempt to either uh, 
you can attempt to dodge and parry in a combat round. So if he has, basically he's running at you, he's armed with a rather large knife. He's holding it in the air, coming at you, kind of coming down on you. Wild look in his eyes. So you can either take oh, a I'm shot. Kill him. If, he, if he's you know, coming at me with a weapon rather than just wild guy with empty hands. Okay, so. All right. This is self-defense. All right, so you want to go ahead and take your shot. Then? <clears throat> Five. Five, zero. Oh, is that a, is that a zero, five? Oh, yeah, zero, zero, five. Man, that's an impale. Uh, so what's your skill? What's your weapon skill? Uh, Colt uh, revolver is 40%. Oh, man. Are you yeah. shooting to kill? Or are you shooting that's to kill? He's coming at me okay. with a knife. Yeah, I'm he, shooting to kill. You yeah. impaled, so you do double the damage. Crack. Two, six. Plus, uh, plus the double the four as well for the bonus, or just uh, yeah. double the dice? It's double, double damage. Or, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's 2d6 plus 4, or whatever double damage is. So plus 2d6 six plus 8 now, or 2d6 plus the original 4? 2d6 plus the original 4. Because it's 1d6 plus 4 is regular. Yeah. So 2d6 plus 4. I gave him a warning shot. Oh, man. That's 4 from 6, 8. 8 damage. Well, you don't kill him, but your round literally hits this guy in the chest, and... He's running towards you, and he just drops, and he's unconscious. I mean, that, that is, you basically create a giant sucking wound in this guy's chest. And Time for the flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I need you guys to make sanity checks. Oh, me too. Yep. Well, actually, oh, no, no, you would not to see it. You need to make a sanity check because you see this. Maybe a main one! If you had made an unsuccessful check, you would have taken 1d6 of sanity bonus. Okay, so you lose a sanity. Lose a point of sanity. So, okay, you lose a point of sanity. So, I'm a soldier. So, yeah, you're, you're a soldier. You've seen, this, you've seen these kinds of things before, but it never gets easier. <laughs> Blowing a man away is never a casual. Oh, it, it, it will once I go insane. <laughs> so, so the second guy, second guy's like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! You killed him!" He just starts freaking out, right? He just drops everything. He starts freaking out. You, you killed him! What? What the? What? He's just, he's just panicked right now. He's, he's ready to bolt. I mean, so. I'm going to go ahead and say, Ben, you have an action. He's like, we didn't come here to kill anybody. We didn't come here to, to get killed. We, we. He's just freaking First out. First thing man. I want to do is look at him. Okay. Does he have the... He just dropped, he just dropped everything. Does he have hands. the dark complexion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No. Okay. Um, but you wouldn't be able to discern that in the gloom. This. Okay, that's... Uh, yeah, that's what I was holding off until after he... I lowered my weapon, first of all. Okay. Does he have a knife? No, he dropped everything. In he his dropped hands. everything, and he's just kind of standing there. And 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 we're talking game time right now, combat right. time. So it's an instant before this guy's about to bail. I mean, he just I saw. My gun is still out. All right, look, check, make eye contact with with Martin. I assume he still has a gun. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go over and see if I can help the guy on the ground at all. Okay, so 
If you want to go over there and, and use it first aid. first aid skill, go ahead and... Uh, I've, got, I've got some as well if you want me to. Uh, I'll call for Angela to, to bring any bandages or something okay. like that. Yeah, because I did you can all make first you can aid kit on the uh, supply list. Yeah, you can all make a first aid check. Uh, if the guy's still there, I will tell him to and he'll get down on the ground <laughs> and surrender. <laughs> After you're just like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jimmy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead already. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing Nobody I can do for me. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, that's a big hole. Oh, <laughs> you ever seen anything like that? Oh, damn. My shot is good. Your uh, gun is that? <laughs> so, this guy's just basically bleeding out. He's he's unconscious. He, Oi, guy! He, yeah, he has a pretty, uh, he has a pretty, you know, he's he's pretty good. He's he's on his way to heaven right about now, but what's, he's not dead. What's like the hit points? What's your hit points should be HP. It should be in your the first last page. box on the first page. Yeah, hit points, right? You have seventeen. Okay, so but that's because uh, you're, you're healthier than I am. Yeah, you're a big guy. Okay, so that's above average. That's so above average. So eight is a significant damage. To I would me. say thirteen is about average. So eight. If you lose five hit points in a single round of combat, you instantly go unconscious. Okay. Um, if you drop below zero, you're dead. Um, so, so, so basically, you can't reach through the guy, but it's it's but still it's, big it's big. It's a big. <laughs> it's a big sucking large caliber chest wound. It was a good shot. Man, <laughs> trained to kill. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Don't wake him up. <laughs> <all night>. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a trained soldier with some issues going on. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night was a night. If you used your Spanish Mauser on him, that would oh. be a kill shot. Oh, that would. Yeah, head clean off. Yeah, an impale shot. An impale shot represents a particularly skilled or lucky shot that is extremely brutal in nature. I mean, he could have outright killed them if he would have rolled a little bit better. But oh yeah, that, that, is, that was a one. That was two twos. Yeah, yeah. That was twos on the dice. Yeah. So that's so. So anything more, and he would have been dead. Um, basically, you know, the guy, the the other gentleman, is just like we were just. We were looking for information. We want to know what happened to our to our to our to our brother to our, to, to Aiden. We want to know where Aiden is. Where's Aiden? We we thought you forget Aiden. Who's this? <laughs> so that's that's my that's my cousin. What's his name? His name's John. Stay with him. <laughs> Hopefully, have one more person to make yeah, a, he, a first aid check. <laughs> he's, just, he's just he's just like shaking in his boots. He's like. We want to know where Aiden. We came to find out where Aiden was. You, you out of towners came through, and and we think you know some. You were walking around talking to everybody. You're not from here. We don't trust anybody around here, and and we just came to get some information. And this this bastard shot him. He's just freaking out on. Now he just starts freaking All right, out. I'm trying to calm him down and get him on the ground and get him to concentrate on the body instead of. Well, I mean, he just saw yeah, his yeah, yeah. his his cousin get. Well, you, your cousin needs you, know, you now. You can't freak out. I mean, now. there's nothing. That he's he can't, he's not. He doesn't. Yeah. He's not going to be able to shock. perform a heel check. He's he's complete. Oh no, no, not him. That, but I'm trying to. I was yeah. just trying to distract. He's him. in. He's in complete shock. I mean, this this has driven him temporarily insane. He is completely out of it. He's in shock. Um, 
what do you, how do you just say, we're looking for Aiden, Aiden, Aiden disappeared in Blackstein, they said he was killed in the mine, we, we, we saw you, you people look like we could trust you, you're not from around here, we don't trust anybody around here, Aiden was killed, he's just like babbling now, he's just freaking out, now he's going into overdrive. Alright, this more, isn't helping anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the more, the more that you, you try to talk to him. Can we first aid on him, or psychology on him, or something? That, uh, yeah, I mean, you could attempt, you can attempt, I mean, all of you guys can attempt, uh, I would say like a luck roll maybe to, to try and get him and calm down. What's his face out of the shadows? Yeah, so if you, you want to call, guy? okay, yeah, if you want to call, if you want to call Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. And so you should be like, Mr. Skeggs, are you yelling for him? Oh, yeah. Okay. We need some help. Uh, what was I rolling? Luck? Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, luck I made, that's what we're rolling to try and get the, uh, Okay, so you, 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 a lucky, you know, <laughs> you getting a luck roll is really lucky. You calm down. Yeah, right. it's basically, <laughs> like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I'm tired. So, so that, so you do that, and he just, he just locks up. He's just like he, he kind of looks at, at Angie, and he's like, "Man, we, we just wanted to know what happened to Aiden. Aiden, Aiden." Disappeared. They said he died in the mine. His wife left. We we live around here, but we don't trust those people in Blacksteep. You were out of towners. You're strangers. We don't trust the sheriff. We don't trust any of the people around here. We don't trust the people in Blacksteep. They never told us what happened to him. They said he died. We think he's alive. And just as just before yeah, you, you can even stop, <laughs> before you can even before you can even respond, you hear like loud footsteps running and you see Mr. Skeens run right by you and you're holding your gun to this guy right to his head saying, you know, shut up, I, talk to us, you know, and just as, as before you guys can even do anything, you see Mr. Skeens lower his 44 revolver, pull the trigger and blow this guy away. <laughs> so give me a sound of each other. I don't want to make another roll! It won't be me this time! I didn't do that one. Oh, hell. <laughs> oh, I missed. Okay, so roll, give me a d6 roll, give me a d6 roll, give me a d6 roll, divide by two. It doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> this guy is fucking hardcore, that's all I've got to say. Human life oh means my nothing God. to me. So you lose a point of sanity. Needless to say... I'll scream again. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first point where it's made any difference, but... When I make the sanity check, I'm not rolling against this number here. I'm rolling you're against You're rolling against sanity. your new sanity okay. every right. time. So okay. you're rolling against whatever your sanity is reduced to right now. Yeah. You're not rolling against the starting statistic. Right. You're rolling yeah. against your current sanity. Yeah. Um, so, so you, I mean, even though you guys rolled ones, it's still pretty shocking to see a man. <laughs> oh, you lost three. It's still pretty shocking to see a man run. You see Mr. Skeens run. Quicker than you can, than you've seen a man run before. I mean, it was it was almost unnatural how quick this guy from when you called to when he arrived. It's almost unnatural how quick he arrived. Then he lowers his pistol down and literally. Wait, wait, wait! wait. <laughs> he's running with his pistol. Oh no, that lowers, part, yeah. He lowers his pistol and he literally he pulls the trigger and and this this country guy's head explodes. At that point, my pistol goes to cover him. <laughs> to cover, to cover Skeens. Oh yeah. Well, Skeens, you know, after it's over, it, this all happens in the blur of an eye, 
and and then after it's over, you know, he says, "Are you 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 all right? You guys all right? Is everything all right?" He had surrendered. I screamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're screaming. I already had him covered. He said. He said, "Boy, I don't listen. You are done murdered." Self defense. <laughs> he just kind of he just kind of says, "You already shot a man. You did what you had to do. I did what I had to do. I thought this man was gonna kill you." And then, he's, and then he just kind of, you notice, like, he kind of grins a little bit, like he kind of enjoyed it, and he said, I'll report this to Sheriff Lowell when we get the black steel. We'll get there tomorrow. You'll have some explaining to do. I take off my coat, put it over the face of the guy that's hopefully still alive, and say, he's gone too. <laughs> the guy who was still alive is dead. Uh, he bleeds out. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the end of scene three. Or scene two. I can see a point in the future where I'll have to shoot skis. <laughs> I, I really don't trust him now. I don't think he'll hit him. <laughs> so, yeah. so that, that ends scene two. That thought did cross my mind. That ends scene two. I don't know if you guys will want to finish this out next Friday, maybe, but. Uh, I think I want to. I you guys have given me some more stuff to work with, so I kind of want to revise some of this stuff. That's why I kind of wanted to break it into two parts because we've still got a couple, easily three hours worth more material. Because this is getting interesting. I'm getting paranoid about schemes now. That that, that, that whole shooting a prisoner goes completely against what I, I, I'm thinking about the character. He he would be very upset by that. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm surprised you only lost to a point of sanity. I was hoping you'd roll a six so you'd go temporarily insane oh, with yeah. flashbacks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the die roll that screwed me out of that one. I just didn't like the tattoo on his hand. But <laughs> well, now I really don't like <laughs> I, I lost more sanity from the tattoos than from, the, from killing yeah, That's irony. Yeah. I mean, you blow this guy away, then you see another guy get his head blown off. Well, the first one was self-defense. The second one, I didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> In fact, you were almost like, did it go off? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm definitely keeping a close eye on skeins from now on. <laughs>